All right. With the right intro, by the way. With a new guest with us today, a new friend, a good friend from Chicago. <laughs> Bulls, Tom Zenner, who's been on TV for many, many years. Oh. used to interview Michael Jordan. Tom, it's good to have you on with us. Hey, guys. First of all, congrats on this podcast. Yes. It's, it's, I've watched it for so long. Now I'm on it. So thank you for the invite. I'm really happy to be here. I'm excited. Yes, we're looking forward to it. And uh, I know Tom has got some strong opinions. Uh, uh, if you grew up in Chicago, you know the face. You know, some of us never had a chance to watch Michael play. You ever got a chance to watch Michael play or no? Back in the day when he came down to you Miami. Watched him I, yeah, right yeah, play. Watched I've him never person. seen yeah. him play. What? He, well, he had a chance to do more than just watch him play. So you would hear this intro. And yeah. now, yeah. you're the starting line From the Chicago, Chicago Bulls. Bulls. Well, first, let me tell you what topics we got. And maybe we can go into a story with that. So we got a pretty jam-packed uh, 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 episode today. We haven't done a podcast, I think, since last. Uh, yeah. Matter of fact, no, it's been over a week because uh, last week was convention week. That's true. We had 16,000 of our agents. We did a, a, our days, first then. virtual annual convention with uh, uh, General Mattis, with Trey Gowdy, and with Pitbull, which he crushed it, by the way. Pitbull? And uh, But we are back. We are back to be on with you. Here's the topics of the day. I got an email from Goldman Sachs. And this email from Goldman Sachs is going to talk about taxes, and it talks about Biden's tax plan. Let me put it to you this way. When I shared this email with our buddy Adam, Adam immediately said there's no way that's true. He went into verifying all the stats and the numbers. He could not believe what the new tax plan of Biden is. We're going to talk about it today yeah, in an email upsetting. that was sent to investors at Goldman. We'll talk about that. Then we'll talk about what happened with uh, the founder of uh, Zoom's uh, uh, CEO yesterday. You know, his net worth had a pretty good day a couple days ago. I'd never He's heard of his okay. name before. Yeah, right? that's right. Now you do. The when you make $6.6 in a day. The most anonymous billionaire in the history of this planet. Crazy. Not anymore, though. Craziness. I still couldn't Not tell anymore. you his name. Yeah, craziness. Yeah. And, and, and then we'll go into Amazon drone program, which is uh, ready to lift off. And it's pretty crazy what they're doing. Delta and American made a big announcement after what United did. Uh, Biden. A record-breaking campaign, which that's a big victory for Adam. Adam's predicting that for a while. <laughs> a, a little glitch with COVID cases coming from CDC. Nancy Pelosi, who goes to the same hair salon as uh, I think Adam's been there a couple times before. Some, they wouldn't uh, let me in these days. Little, she got in somehow. <laughs> little scandals there. Good for Nancy. And then a Senate bill, California. Last but not least, again, we got more topics, but we may even talk about, I don't know if you guys heard about that. You know, we've all done sales before. You're a top you're sales salesperson in your company. It's a big deal. I mean, you, yeah. you, you've done sales for a while. You've yeah. done sales before. I've never, the stats I saw, yeah. you all announced their salesperson of the year. Get out of here. Yeah, they, tell, they, they have over 10,000 salespeople. I you all announced their greatest salesperson of the year. Wow. They have never seen a better salesperson than this. Let me hear this. I wanted to hear the scripts. Mm -hmm. I wanted to know how he overcame objections. Right. I wanted to know what people say when it says pricing. I wanted to know what the strategy was for U-Haul's greatest salesperson of all time. How do you get so many people to buy U-Hauls? Yeah. How do you do it? I mean, there's got to be a strategy to it. Years ago, there was a book called How to Master the Art of Selling right. by Tom Hopkins. Yeah. And Tom Hopkins was known for selling 366 homes in a year. Wow. That's one a day. So he wrote a book sure. about it. He, this man ought to write a book. Well, about think it. about the skill in yeah. selling U-Haul because how do you convince someone to drive some somewhere 300 or 400 or 500 miles with just AM radio and no air conditioning? Have you been in a U-Haul lately? They are the most not the most exciting vehicles in the be. world, yes. right? Yeah, it's it's not. got the windows that go down like yeah. I mean, you got to be a master you, salesperson. You can't listen to podcasts. No, no, no. You no, can't no. do any of that stuff. So I got to hear what's going you on with this U-Haul. Come on, Pat. So U-Haul salesperson 
of the year goes to. Can you please put the picture up so everybody can see? Oh, wow. Governor Newsom. So, first Governor of all, we Gavin got Gavin Newsom. Newsom. He, we got to recognize him. He won him. it. He, record-breaking. Wow. I mean, shatter, I mean, let me just give you some stats wow. here on uh, what uh, our friend here in California is doing. To everybody who's in California, shout-out to your governor. Just an incredible type of a governor who Thank you. Uh, is able to do great things uh, with U-Haul. Uh, because here's the numbers for U-Haul, just so everybody knows. Uh, the cost to rent a 26-foot U-Haul, U-Haul truck, big enough to move a three- to four-bedroom home out of San Francisco, headed to Las Vegas, reached as high as $2,085 for mm. four days. Okay, U-Haul. The same truck to rent to go in the opposite direction, $132. Wow. Let me say this one more time. 2085 Yeah. To go from San Francisco to Vegas, but $132 to go from Vegas to San Francisco. Tom, you're from California. Uh, Why yes. do you think this has happened? Well, you, you know, currently what, live it, in California. I live in L.A. Yeah. You know, it's what a strong picture of Governor really Newsom. Dope. There doesn't that very edgy. convey power? He looks like a sales guy. He looks wow. like a legit sales guy. Hard to say no to that yeah. guy. You know, it's legit. It's real. I live in Los Angeles. You know, the only good thing about this for people leaving California is there's no traffic. Right. With the pandemic, there's no traffic in L.A. You can get out of there even quicker right now. I have a good friend who's one of the top real estate agents in Phoenix. He says there's no inventory. So many people are moving to wow. Phoenix. I heard a stat. I don't know if it's true. They, they swore by it. I heard one out of eight people that are moving are moving to Maricopa County in Arizona. I mean, so there's an influx of people that are actually leaving. It's true. It's real. And you know what? Here's the sad thing. He's going to be employee of the month for a few months in a row because it's a tip of the iceberg. I mean, it could get worse. If the election goes a certain way, there's going to be more people leaving California than there are now. So it's a real deal. I mean, he has earned that status. He is single-handedly responsible for people leaving California. What do you, what do you think Congratulations to Gavin News. I actually I have a more of a question. I have a couple of yeah. questions. I've never lived sure. in California. I've done some summers there. I want to know, you're from California. I mean, obviously, VA ran. Um, you've lived in California for six, yeah. six years now. You went to college there. Yeah. So here's my question to both of you. What are the chances you would move back to California? And what are the chances you would move out of California? So the U-Haul, you know, crossroads right here. What are the chances you would move back to California with the, with the current climate right now? I would say slim to none on my end. Yeah. So you got to realize seven months ago we were thinking about going back to California. Okay. It was one of the spots, and it was at the top of our list because I lived there for 24 years, right, right outside of the Army. But uh, the way the politics are right now, the, my dad lives in uh, a, a small city called Granada Hills. Okay, mm-hmm. I lived in Granada Hills for eight years. Granada Hills, nice place. It's got a nice park, decent community, nothing crazy. It's definitely not high. It's not low. It's right in the middle. Of Modern. Where at, I right? like the sound yes. of that. Yes. And I lived there for eight years. And the other day, my dad sends me a video of outside where he lives, the park. There are hundreds of homeless people laying out mm. outside of his house. I said, I've never seen this before. I don't even know what yeah. he says, Pat. This just happened the last year, year and a half. I said, what do you mean? He's sending send me the video. I'm seeing people laying out all on the side. I'm not talking yeah. one family, two families. Full-on tents set up. Yeah. I've never seen this before. I mean, what's happening right now over there, it's quite scary. I mean, they came out with a new Senate bill that just got passed, you know, a, a, a couple of days ago, which we can talk about here in a minute. But, yeah, it'd be very sure. hard for me to go back. You're to not California. going back. Pat, no. you couldn't Something afford that. to go back there. Literally, it what? would make such it, no Tom, financial sense. Tom, you've been there for six or, years. Well, it breaks my heart. What are the chances? I mean, you're I love California. You know, I grew up in Minnesota uh, in a small town, 700 people. 
on a dirt road, literally, R very rural. I just wanted to get to California. That mm -hmm. was the dream. I'm sure Pat had that dream. I did too, growing up in Minnesota. I went to I did everything I could to get to go to college there. Got a football scholarship. I said, the first school in California that gives me a scholarship, I'm going. I went there, basically didn't know anybody sight unseen. I just wanted to get to California. It kind of, it breaks my heart to see what's happening. You mentioned the homeless situation where your dad yeah. lives. I always kept saying, okay, we know it's bad in downtown LA. And when I say it's bad, it's unbelievable. If you get rerouted, if you're driving around LA and you have to go through downtown, it, it blows your mind. I mean, just to see the encampments everywhere and to think that leaders don't care or this, this isn't a problem. How do you just allow the encampments to continue to move west, which is what happens? Okay, so I kept saying, what happens if they get to Brentwood? They're in Brentwood. All along San Vicente now, I mean, there are tents everywhere you look. What if they get into Beverly Hills? You know, it's just there's no stopping it. I live in Manhattan Beach, a very nice beach city, you know, in the South Beautiful Bay. Beautiful city. Yeah, yeah. and, and you got, it's, it's like, a, it's like a, a, a slow motion movie. You just sense change, and you almost feel it. It's little by little, but you do sense it's different. I get how people, if they have the opportunity, if their lease is up, if they can sell their house, because real estate is still hot in Southern California. So people can make money on selling their house, but they are bailing in droves. And the other thing too is, you know, you live in Los Angeles, we have, you know, friends of all political background, yep. but mainly democratic and liberal. But you just hear differences in the conversations right now, the way people are talking. So who knows, he's earned the status of employee of the month for U-Haul. I bet U-Haul really is, it's gonna be like Zoom when we see their <laughs> earnings here. There's gonna be billionaire they, they gotta founders send them a check, of, of, of They U gotta Hall. send him a check to say thank you so much, yeah. Governor Newsom, for being a top salesman of the month for us back to back to back. Just a legendary salesperson of U-Haul. <laughs> uh, but Do you uh, think you he know, puts that on his resume? He should. It depends on what job he's applying for. <laughs> depends on what job he's applying for after being a governor. So, you know, you showed something earlier. You said, this is why I love Florida, because in Florida, yeah. politics is not as ugly as you're saying it is in some other states. Yeah. How is politics in Florida? Well, you're about to find out, sir. Well, you tell us how, um, you, how you've been there for look, a while. Look, Florida is sort of like um, a mirror of the United States. You've got North Florida, which is – I went to college in North Florida, Florida State, which is a little – you know, it's basically the South. You know, it's just South Alabama, South Mississippi, South Georgia. Cool. You've got middle of Florida, Orlando, family, fun, uh, kids, that kind of a vibe. You've got, um, you know, retirement communities. You've got, and then you come down to Miami, you have the Latino community. You have the Haitian community. You've got South American community. You've got the Jewish community. It's really just sort of like uh, a mirror uh, image of what the United States is. And politics is not that ugly in Florida. That's why every year the freaking election hinges on Florida. Are they a little bit more... You know, liberal these days are a little more uh, conservative these days. We have we have Republican senators. We've got Republican governors. We've got Democratic governors. We've got it's it's not as ugly. It's not as divisive. So that's why when I hear things about California, I'm like more inquisitive. Like what the well, maybe, is going on in California? Should, you should you should do a project for your life and go and live in San Francisco for five years. Yeah, well, I'd lived there for five days. And how was and that? And I, I took my girlfriend there. She how? wanted to leave on the first day. Which girlfriend? I had to convince her. I mean, one, like, of, one of your girlfriends you took <laughs> my, my tell, -girlfriend. Us, tell us how it was five days you went to San so Diego. we did a we started in San Diego I did this trip every year for yep. the last you know six seven eight years uh, but I used, I used to do it with like the homies but now I, did, I took my girl we started in San Diego we went to LA we stayed in LA we did the up the coast um, what's the coast I'm thinking of what's it called the one the yeah, PCH, one one? The, yeah. all that Carmel Monterey right. we did what's the uh, Pacific Big Sur right. yeah Big Sur so we're, we're building up and and we were flying back from San Francisco to Miami so we we're like oh my god we're so excited we would never been to San Francisco yeah. 
we had recently been to New York. We're like, it's kind of like the West Coast of New York. We're excited. We're excited. We're excited. We get there. We check into our hotel. The hotel was a little bit, uh, they weren't ready for us. We had this room, whatever. Point is, we say, hey, look, while you're getting ready for a room, we're going to take a walk out on the streets. We're just. They said, hey, do, do us a favor. Don't go that way. <laughs> they told you. They told you, don't go that way because this is 10 o'clock at night yeah. on a Wednesday. Yeah. Don't go towards Union Station, Union, Union Square. Square. Yeah. Don't go that way. Go that way. That's a little, you know, a little more fun. So we go that way. I swear to God, within an hour, she's like, get me the fuck out of here. This is the most disgusting place I've ever wow. been. Ba, 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 ba. I'm like, babe, whatever. Let's check into the hotel. Let's, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. The next day, I went and I returned the rental car that we were using. I literally called her. I was like, we're staying. I found Fisherman's Wharf. It's cool. It's cool down here. Touristy area. There's walruses. There's seals, what have you. It was nice. We ended up having a couple, you know, three, four days that were nice. But that first day in wow. San Francisco was disgusting. Well, it's shocking because you think you, San Francisco, you have this preconceived notion. It's beautiful. It's on the coast. Great skyline. Clouds. I mean, just beautiful. And then you get there and it hits you in the face and, and you see it and you smell it. That's the other thing about when you go to San Francisco Ooh, right now. Smell. I mean, it, it's real. It's palpable. I mean, you, there's no question. It, about and it's that, a tragedy. Yeah. It's just it's unbelievable. To think is it a politics? great American city? Is like it that. the economy? Is it's it politics. Silicon Valley? Is it 1000 percent politics that has caused is. this? Of course it is. Okay. It's 1000 percent politics. Politics determines that not every city in America is like that. Why is San Francisco like that? Hmm. You know, and by the way, I don't know if you guys heard or not. One of the salons was open this week. Oh, hear about the salon that? I usually go to. Yeah, one yeah, of the yeah. salons. Was oh, is that right? And, and one of your good friends, Nancy Pelosi, went to the salon. Low she key. called me for, she Low called key. Me for the hookup. She I called her up. For I, the... I got her in. Hey, her uh, in. Kai, can we see this video of Nancy Pelosi going to the salon? I mean, honestly, it's, it's, we got to see this video. Done. Kai's been uh, up in his game with videos lately. Look at that. That's Nancy Pelosi. Watch your step. Good. Boom. Good for her. She didn't fall. Rocking the high heels. By the way, no mask on. How irresponsible nah, to not put a mask on at her age. You, you know what my first impression of What's this is? That? Okay, we all know politicians take shortcuts. They expect preferential treatment. That doesn't shock me. She's doing that. The mask thing bothers me more. Because in California, they'll give you a fine if you don't have one on. I mean, they're constantly up, in huh? your face that you, like, walk across the street. They have mask police in some cities. You know, if you don't have it on, they're harassing you. The fact... She's getting her hair done. Doesn't shock me. But not wearing a mask is a slap in the face to everybody that's had to change their lifestyle and wear one all the time. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Now, that the challenge is, so she, the owner of the salon, decides to, Kai, if you can move it up a little bit so we can see the picture. The, the owner of the salon decides to release this video. So they ask her, why would you release the video? She said, I thought it was fair because other salon owners have been shut down, and they asked me to open up mine, and it's a community, and I want to also be protective of them, so I open it up. What do you think about her opening up the salon for Pelosi and then sharing this video with the public? So I'll give you, you know, two sides of the coin Please. here, right? So obviously the optics of, of this are horrible. I mean, this is hypocrisy at its finest. Breaking news, everybody. Politicians uh, don't always uh, do as they say, do as they do, right? I mean, they'll tell you one thing and then do what they want to do, right? So that's that's Nancy thing. However, you could take the other side of the coin, which I'm sure Nancy's saying is, you set me up, bro. You set me up. I called you up, you know, it's gonna clear the space just for me. No one else in there. There's nobody else in there except for me and my hairdresser. And then you rat on me. So I, I, do I, am I a fan of what she's doing? Am I an advocate of, uh, of Nancy and her hypocrisy? Not at all. However, I'm sure she's basically saying, 
she was set up. Is that what her defense is? Oh, I'm please. sure it set is. Set up. Uh, getting your, that's not a setup. Okay, that, that, it's being exposed. The mistake the salon owner made is not calling TMZ and making money off it. Hopefully, that salon owner made money off this video, right? Because her shop has been closed for five months. So hopefully that she was able to capitalize on it. And then did you happen to see that the next day, that they start lifting some of the limitations in California oh, yeah, yeah. and you saying, were me. yeah, that's saying that now you can open barbershops and salons with limited people inside. Amazing timing. Wasn't isn't it? isn't Governor Newsom Pelosi's nephew? I don't know if they're actually can, related. Can you check to see if there's uh, their relatives, because I saw somewhere that was Newsom uh, related to right there related to Pelosi. There you go. Click on that. Uh, Governor Newsom uh, related to Pelosi. He is the brother-in-law of Nancy Pelosi. The speaker doesn't remember. Brother-in-law okay. is the former he is a uncle former by uncle by. No, they're marriage talking about by. Ron Pelosi. No, I'm talking. Okay, so then that would yeah. be. So Kevin it looks Newsom, like maybe yeah. her husband somehow was related. Okay, hmmm. there you interesting. Go. So there's some kind of Kai. Way. Click. Go back to that Kai, and just click. People also ask. Just scroll down. How is Governor Newsom related? Go to the, the top one, Kai. Top one. Boom. Click on that. While in school, Newsom spent a semester studying abroad in Rome. Newsom's aunt was married to Ron Pelosi, wow. the brother-in-law speaker of the United States of House Representative. There's Nancy some Pelosi. relationship. It, it is something when you think of right. Gavin Newsom, his ex-wife is Kimberly Gilfile. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah, that's right. You know, here's the other thing I love this story. The is yet to come! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> the fact that Nancy Pelosi is 80. That's what I learned from this story as is well. Is she 80? 80 years old. Forget term limits. There should be age limits on Congress people. There, there really should be. <laughs> there should be. She should not be allowed to be walking around uh, That's San Francisco. I actually. We're starting to agree over here, President, yeah. 74 years old. We're starting Trump. to agree here. She's 80. Yeah. My God. Age discrimination, though. And then you've seen the scenarios, right? If they can't pick the winner of the election, yeah. that she could somehow become the president as Speaker of the House. 80 years old. Un unbelievable. How old is Too Trump old. right now? Is he 74 or 74. 74? Biden, 76. Biden, 76? I thought he's 78. So he's 74. Go to Biden, 77. 77. All right. Meet us halfway. November he's about 20, to He's turn about to be 78, what? by the way, in the next uh, few months. So he's either going to have a huge party when he turns 78 or he's going to freaking uh, crumble up and die at age 78. Your name is Barack Obama. You're a two-term president, a one-term senator, and you're not even 60 yet. <laughs> That's gangster right there. I, I actually think about that for a second. You're right. 59. You're a two-term president, a mm -hmm. one-term senator, and you're not even 60. Can we see a before Especially when and you compare after his picture? Age to other politicians. Yeah, exactly. Let's I mean, take a before and after picture of Barack when he became the president at what? Was I he 48? I don't see a big difference, he? honestly. I know a Look lot of people hair, like though, dude. that. Click on it on pictures. I don't – I mean, you know, they're going to pick the best and the worst pick of him. I mean – Yeah, and that could be – I don't think that's too far-fetched, 2009-2016. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's that bad of a picture. By I think I don't the know mole got bigger, though. The what? The mole. Moles do get bigger. Okay. Hmm. Let's take a look bigger. at Trump 2015-2020. Is he it's, tanner now? His, his tan got a little bit stronger, I think, is what happened with him. It's, it's all, all that golf that he's doing every day. Before and after bleach, uh, before and during office. Uh it yeah, just I mean, depends who's be, posting the photos. It's going to be who's what, posting the photos. Okay, listen. Yeah. I, you know, we talked about, you know, obviously we took a shot of tequila before the show just to warm things up yeah. a little bit, right? You so did. it got me thinking. You don't, don't, don't get us involved with your yeah. double shot. You didn't do it? Come on, Mr. Miami. I'm the, I'm the only one that did it? I, unbelievable. I'm, I, what would it, just picture this. Picture this. You got, before they're doing a podcast, you got Obama on one side. He's got a glass of tequila, scotch. 
You got Trump on the other side. Just two dudes hanging out. Two dudes, no cameras, cameras off. What do you think that conversation sounds like? They just took a shot, even though Trump doesn't drink. Are they both presidents or pre-presidents? After president. After I'm talking 2020 and beyond, right? Well, they're after presidents. They're like, what's up, man? You know, obviously we don't like so each Trump other. Trump wouldn't happened? take the tequila. He's never drank. I right. know, I know, Trump I know. wouldn't take the Hypothetical. tequila. Hypothetical. But if they did. Just having a conversation. I think, I think Trump is so competitive, he'd still be talking shit. To Obama's face. He's, Trump is the super... Trump is like Jordan, 32 years later, he wants to remind you of that you know, yeah. shot he made over you. That's him. He can't help himself. He's that competitive. That competitive. People you know, say today, competitors who ran into Jordan, he's still yeah. reminding them of how he Remember when I hit that shot yeah. on you, yeah. buddy? Till today. Like, buddy, that was 40 you know, years ago. Let me Relax. tell you, two other characteristics of these guys, though, I think is they both want to be liked. I, I think they have, when you're in that role of president, and it's so partisan, you have to play a role as president. And, and some of that... I don't know if it's natural or if it's acting or what. I, I, my opinion is they don't have a severe hatred. Maybe now because things got very personal between them, mm -hmm. you know, during uh, at the end of the, when Trump was campaigning. But I, I've heard Obama's a super cool guy to hang with. I bet he'd be pretty fun if you could if you could keep politics out of it. I bet it'd be a fascinating conversation. What do you think Obama's right? saying? Well, Donald, we gotta have like a Pat, talk here, Pat, buddy. Don't you think for Trump, you know. He loves celebrities, and he always did. That's why he did Celebrity Apprentice. He just mm -hmm. he goes to all the parties. He loved it. The fact that me, uh, Hollywood has turned on him like they have, and Wall Street, and New York, and Madison Avenue, and he's so hated. I bet that tears him up because he likes he wants to be liked. Yeah, I I agree. And you know it's crazy. By the way, if you're watching this and you're with us, we got fourteen fifteen so far with us. Uh, our record is, I think, 1650 or sixteen fifteen. Nice crew. If you're enjoying the podcast, put a thumbs up and. Uh, Hit the subscribe button. But, you know, I had Alan Lickman on yesterday with me. And Alan Lickman, if you know who he is, he's a historian. And he's a historian who years ago, back in the early 80s, late 70s, he ran into a Russian man named Vladimir. And Vladimir was one who had a technology to predict earthquakes. Okay? Mm -hmm. Alan Lickman, he meets Vladimir. This man's the expert at predicting earthquakes. What a job to have. He predicts earthquakes. So he comes up to Alan and says, hey, I want to collaborate with you. Alan's worried. He's thinking this guy's tied to the KGB. He's like, wait a minute, man. Now listen, I went to American University. I'm a PhD from Harvard. I'm the scholar. Of, I don't, I don't want to do anything with you, man. What are you talking about? He says, why don't we collaborate? So check this out. They collaborate together. Kai, did you bring the notes? Yeah, he, he brought the notes here. They decide to collaborate together, and here's what happens. He ends up coming up with 30 different markers to predict the election, okay? From the 30, they narrow it down to 13, the top mm -hmm. 13 that matter the most. Out of the 13, two of them are about the candidate. The other 11 is not. The other 11 is more about the current conditions. Two of them is about the candidate, right? Then they go back from 1860 to 1980, and they look at every single election with this guy who predicts earthquakes, and they come up with a format, and they come up with a formula, and they say, we have figured out the formula. Two years before 1984 election when, uh, uh, when uh, um, Reagan. Reagan becomes president. In 1981, matter of fact, mm -hmm. he predicts that Reagan's going to win office and he's going to become president. Everybody thought he was crazy. From that moment till today, every single one of the predictions he's gotten right. Now, here's a key fact to know about this guy here. He's a diehard Democrat. He's not a Trump guy. He went on Bill Maher talk trash about Republicans. He says Republicans have no values, but they have a spine. Democrats have values, but they don't have spine. 
And during the predictions that he made, five of the winners he predicted were Republicans, four of them were Democrats. He chose Trump to win in 2016. But here's what he said yesterday when we sat down. He said, based on these 13 markers, this is his prediction, by the way, based on these 13 markers, he predicts that as long as you get seven of these on your side, you become president. So I said, let's go through it. Party mandate. Are we going to do this now? We're going to go no, through the 13? I'm going to actually say what okay. he said. Okay. okay. Party mandate. After the midterm elections, there's 13 markers. The first yeah. one is party mandate. After the midterm elections, the incumbent party holds more seats in the U.S. House of Representatives than the previous midterm elections. This favors who? Democrats, because Democrats have they the They won House. the midterm. You yeah. got it. Number two is a contest. There's no serious contest for an incumbent party nomination. Trump is the incumbent, so he doesn't right. have anybody that's – so that favors who? Republicans. So we got we – got, are we keeping score here? We got one, one for one. Biden. One Biden, one, one Trump. Trump so far. Okay. Then he goes to incumbency. The incumbency party candidate is a sitting president. That's Trump. That's Trump. That's so that's two, two for Trump. Yes. Then he goes third party. Is there yeah. a third party that's competing like a Ross Pro? Nothing no right Joe now. Jorgensen. Kanye West the cannot vote. do anything, and Jorgensen is definitely not going to be in the competition. Trump's up 3-1. Trump yep. is up 3-1 based on his prediction Boom. so far. Okay. Then you go to short-term economy. Mm. How does short-term economy is? Not this, so good. This one, believe it or not, he gave to Democrats. He says this is on the Democrat side, which we'll get back to the here in a minute. He sure. says, well, the economy's in shambles. We have a recession. There's no way in the world this favors Trump, et cetera, sure. et cetera. It's okay, 3-2 fine. Trump. Three to Trump. Then long-term economy. Mm. Are, are Americans hopeful about the future of the U.S. economy? He gave this also to Democrats. He gave yeah. this to Biden. He says Americans are not hopeful about the future of the economy. Tie ball game. Now it's a tie ball game. Then he goes to the next one, which is policy change. The incumbent administration affects major changes in national policy. Yes, he says Trump. Trump created a ton of his policies. He brought him in the wall, all this other stuff. He, he gave threw away all of Obama's yeah, policies. Threw away major all of policy change. Yeah, that's so right. So four, he's three in. Trump. Then he goes to social unrest, number mm, eight. Yeah, Obviously, yeah, we don't even need to go there. This one. Four, four. Then he goes to scandal. There's scandal with oh, Trump, yeah. so he's going to give this to so Obama. So now Biden uh, just to took Biden. the lead, ladies now and Biden gentlemen. Now Biden took the lead five the to four. The old man Biden then just woke up. He's up four. Then he goes to foreign and military failure. He gives this to Republicans. Yeah, there's not been no he, major. There's been no failures. No okay. failures. Then he goes to foreign and military mm -hmm. success. Not a huge a lot of Wait success. a minute. Not a this huge amount. Opinion. Well, are you kidding me? But that's your opinion. Yeah. He says Democrats take this. Okay, okay well, he, he's said. wrong there. I, I mean, but we're going to get okay. to this on the wrong part okay. because yeah. I'm, I'm with you, but yeah. he, he gave that to Democrats. Yeah. Then this is the next one, which it's mind – I mean, the, the fact that he chose it this way, it's, it's mind-boggling. Incumbent charisma. Does Trump have <laughs> charisma? You know what he says? He says no. He doesn't have charisma. He's so he, said, he says – He said – Okay, you want my opinion Say on this it, one? Yeah. He said, does he have charisma? Maybe, is his words, but only to his base. Okay, we'll come back and debate. That's what he said, though, yeah. did he, he not? He did say that. No, he okay, did say that. Okay, gotcha. We'll I'm not making this up. And then the last one, he says, does the challenger have charisma? He Biden. said no. He says absolutely not. He said no. So he gave that to Trump. So we got 7-6 Trump. He oh, we got 7-6 Biden. He says Obama, I mean Biden, yeah, ends up beating right. Trump. So here's what I said at seven, the six. end. 7-6. Seven, 7-6. Six. Now we open up for debate. Now we open up for debate. Ding, ding, right? ding, ding, ding. So which one of these are open up for debate? I got three of them open for debate, right? I got three of them open for debate. Okay. One of them is short-term economy. Yeah. The other one is long-term economy. Hmm. The other one is his charisma. Yeah. And the other one is military success. I was going to say foreign, uh, foreign potential success. So there's four that you want to bring up. 
Well, I have this. Short-term economy, long-term economy, foreign uh, military success, yes. and his and charisma. charisma. So you got four. So which one do you want to take first? Let's start with by, charisma. By the way, if everybody's watching this, would you categorically say that Trump is a very charismatic guy, whether you like him or not? Comment yes. below of course. if you say Trump is a charismatic he guy. He wouldn't have been elected in 26. That's what got him elected, his yeah. charisma. So okay. he's, say, he's saying just with his party is what he's saying. Well, what are your thoughts? Okay, Pat, here's my thoughts. Did you know about the 14th question? that Lickman has. Here it is. Is Lickman a quack? And the answer to that is yes. Okay? So he hangs <laughs> his go. he hangs his hat on getting every election right since 1984. Congratulations Ronald Reagan over Gary Hart. What a bold prediction in 1984. So he gets that one right. Did you also notice that these types of guys, there's always one every election cycle that got the election right every year since 1923, right? There's always that one guy and then they get it wrong and then it falls off to the side. Here's the other thing throw all his little questions out the window because 2020, you can't compare any other year to 2020. It skews everything. This guy's a quack. The other thing too is when, when some left-leaning media publications report this, it's almost like a mic drop for them. Oh, Lickman said he's going to win. It's over, right? They take so much satisfaction and pride over it. I don't buy these guys. And here's the last thing that makes me think he's a quack. He predicts earthquakes. The only person that can predict an earthquake is Paul Giamatti in the movie San Andreas. Did you ever see that yes, with The Rock? Yes, of course. <gasps> May God help us all. <laughs> I love yes. Paul Giamatti. Anyway, so that's my, my take on Lickman. The 14th question. I, I mean, I got to totally disagree with Tom on this one. Tom, uh, he predicted Trump would win in 2016. Okay, Let's give the guy a freaking no, no, credit. No, no, no. That's I, called I, luck. You flip a coin on some of these. Okay, listen. If you've got, number one, some Russian dude in your corner that's uh, busting out some crazy systems and stats, you, you, boil, you have 30, as Pat said, and you boil it down to 13, and you go back from 1860 to 1980, and you, have your, you run your numbers and you bring your points. It's actually very He's got a system, dude. Yeah. He's got a system. He's not a quack. Now, you might disagree clearly yeah, that he's not a prophet either. I mean, he's been dude. Lucky. I'm not praying to the Lichtman God. I don't give a shit about this guy. However, he does have a system. Is the system proven to be right? Sure. We're going to find out in two months if he actually has his, you know, if the system can, you know, hold water in a very, very close election. Clearly, um, Reagan over Mondale, 1980. Oh, my God. How'd you come up with that one? But. Uh, Gore Bush, the closest election we've ever had in our country's history, predicted that one. Um, he predicted 2016. He actually predicted, I think, um, Gore would win the general election. I think those are the, that was he the did. caveat with that. 32-day recount. He did, yeah. w w which we've all learned in this country, general election. You mean the po popular vote? I'm sorry. But those popular are easy vote. to predict. Well, clearly, that we've all learned there's a big difference between the popular vote mm -hmm. and yeah. the electoral college. Sorry for my confusion right there. But the bottom line is I think the guy has a system, and we're going to see if it can, uh, you know, so, hold so, water on this so one. We, we but back a, to the charisma well, thing. I want to go through specifics. By the yeah. way, I just asked, here's who said no. Majority said yes. Bobby Nikolovsky said Trump doesn't have charisma. Bobby Almost everybody else says, of course, yes, absolutely. Deborah Waite says, yes, he is. Night Fury says, Joe Hidden. And then you go, let's see who else says no. I mean, it's like 90% is yes. No, he does not blaze herself. And then you got a few other people that said no. Vinay Derkar said no. Okay, so 90% say yes, that he has charisma. But let's go back to it. Yeah. Okay, short-term economy. I don't even want to, because a part that I question him, I actually like his system. I don't think I dislike the system. 
He says there's a part of this that has to do with your own judgment because some of the things it was based on opinion right. when he said this. So short-term economy, he gave it to the Democrats. How do you give the short-term economy to the Democrats? When we had the conversation yesterday, here's what I said. Yeah. I said, well, first of all, the day Trump took office, November 9th, he takes office, market goes up 250, okay? It was at 18,559 the day he took office, Trump took office. The Dow went from 18,559 to 29,000 and change as of yesterday. That's 50-something yeah. percent. Mm -hmm. So short-term economy, check. Now, let me go even a little bit deeper than that with short-term economy. Then he said, well, it's not necessarily true. The American people are struggling right now. They're this, they're that. It's a recession. I said, this is not a recession. This is not a tip. He said, this is a recession. I said, look, I went through 01 recession, 9-11, when it happened. And you kind of saw what happened to the economy. Down went to 6,500. People were scared. People lost money. I remember 08 when the mortgage crisis took place and people were losing money. Even though there was quantitative easing and they bailed out in 08, the money didn't go to the people. The money stopped at the companies, the too-big-to-fail companies. You didn't get the money. You didn't get the $600 check. Approach. No, but the way Trump did quantitative easing, the money went to the people, $600 a week, which means even the unemployed had money coming in. So it's not like it's a recession. And, and where you some don't, more than when they yes. were making. <laughs> so you can't, you can't say people weren't spending money. People are still spending money. People are still going through the same, you know, similar things that they were doing because there was money still coming in. Yes, savings rate went up. Yes, airlines took a hit. Yes, it, hotels took a hit. So this is not a typical recession. Now, the, the other one is long-term economy. Mm -hmm. It's an opinion to say you don't think the long-term economy is going to do good. It's an opinion because the, right now— Who did now, he give the long-term economy to? He gave that to— Against he gave that Trump? to Biden. Okay, no, that's clear bias. It's that clear Biden. bias. That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Well, I like his. I like his 13 markers. I don't like the way he chose his sides. What he should have done is he should have said, "I'm bowing out out of predicting this year because it's too volatile. There's no way you can I use this." I agree. Bowing out. Yeah, no, I he mean, should say, "I'm this not." This is how he guys makes his name. He's like, no, he doesn't. I'm sit this one out, he guys. He doesn't make his but, name but at all because I, I never. I agree no with him. Is you can't be a hundred percent with this election. He was nope. This is why. Here's what's going to happen. This, I said, can you look at debates as a marker? He says debates never mattered. Hillary won every debate against Trump. It was irrelevant. Trump still won. He's, mm -hmm. He said Hillary won every debate against Trump is what his, his answer was. And he still won. Okay. See, he tries to take scientific theories yeah. and apply unscientific answers to it because – how who there's no like final score in a debate i mean that is your own interpretation right a debate could be looked at by 50 people and have 50 different answers i, I really think he should have just said i'm not doing a prediction this year and then retired undefeated doesn't that make more sense you know he was like 15 what's your 0. beef with alan lickman? i don't have what's a your beef you got a beef with lickman i don't have a beef at all i just i don't buy into these guys that that think that they're going to use their formula and apply it to this year because this what is the happens strangest if he's year right. ever. What happens then if he's Then he's right. lucky, like he probably was on half of these because on okay. part of it he's just guessing. So basically we don't even need to but talk I, about Lickman well, anymore. I tell you, no, I tell yeah. you, I like the 13 markers. Yeah. That's I what I'm too. trying to say. I do too. I like the 13 markers, yeah. but, but there's got to be a way where you can reason and say, you can't tell me short-term economy not doing good. I think what we've just yeah. established is, okay, we like these 13. I like the markers. But there's open for debate. Yes. You think he's not charismatic. Well, well then talk about the other one. Okay. Talk about the other one that he gave to the Democrats, saying foreign military successes. 
meaning he's had no military successes. He gave it to Biden, meaning Trump has had no military successes well, in the last three I, and a half years. I would think that he hasn't had a major military success. However, I do think he's had significant foreign success, especially in the Middle East, with obviously the, um, the moving of the um, uh, embassy to Jerusalem, Got and it. then obviously everything that happened with the UAE, UAE like two in weeks 25 ago. 25 years, right. that's never Whatever's happened. happening with China. First guy that the, visited North Korea. You got a guy that takes a Hassan Soleimani, who yeah. was the number one terrorist in the world. You don't hear anything on the news about ISIS. When's the last time you turned on the news and even thought about ISIS? When I, yeah. When's the last time you watched the news and you saw anything about ISIS? When's the last time? No, Just on Fox. Why three, not? Three years ago. No, no. What, I'm, done. Tr they're what done. I'm trying to say is, do it now. Okay. What I'm trying to say is, when's the last time you even heard the word ISIS? Yeah. Why not? So just because you don't hear about it doesn't mean that it's not a success. Mm -hmm. So I think this one can also be debated on both sides. Tom, what do you think? Well, don't, isn't the definition of not having, or couldn't you look at not having any foreign success in the military a good thing? Because he hasn't had any altercations. We didn't lose any battles. Yeah. We just didn't engage, really. And I think eliminating ISIS is such a big deal. I mean, that, that was the number one news story, the number one world problem probably in 2015, in 2014. Yeah, it sure. was horrific what was going on. And Correct. now, I don't think, do they exist? I mean, I hope we've completely they're eradicated. I they're hope. Out, they're out but, there. But, but I mean, they've me. got they're a handle on it, all right? And you got to give, give some victories there. That's all I'm saying. You got to give some victories there. I'm open to it yeah. being 50-50 on this one. I'm not even saying it's on Trump or not. I'm just saying there can be an argument made for both sides, you, right? You have it 9-4. Nine, nine I have a 9-4. I have it uh, – I know you're, you're dismissing this. You're, you're, you're 0 and 13, and we already know Tom's I'm like opinion a, I'm on like this. a Las Vegas, Vegas right. boxing like, uh, judge, no, no, corrupt. No, 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 uh, yeah. no bet. I have it actually in favor of Trump 7-6. Um, Oh, so you have favor of Trump. So let yes. me ask you, which one flipped for you? I think whether you like Trump or not, He's and clearly I'm not a yeah. Trump fan, he definitely has charisma. Okay. So you can't say he doesn't so have charisma. So then that's the last one. So when he gave it to a Biden. You're saying Trump has Yeah, so uh, I'm charisma. flipping it. Now, okay. I disagree with you on the short-term economy thing. The economy. Tell me why. Okay, so a couple different things. For the average American out there, things are not better than they were four years ago. Right now. Right now, short-term. Average American. You talked about the pre pre COVID or post COVID. We're talking about post COVID. Okay, during COVID. but pre COVID was it better or was it worse? Okay, but we're talking short term. What I get short that. term? The but, last three but six months. Pre COVID months, right? was it better or worse? Pre COVID, like January, is it better or worse? Yes. Okay. So, so long go today. term, I'm giving to right. Trump. Short term, I'm not giving to Trump. So long term, you are giving it to Trump. Yes. Then it's eight five. So on now your we're own. eight five. Okay, then that's. I think what he said was the long term ramifications. I'm not sure what he said. Clearly, the economy was booming under Trump. No disagreement there. That would be the only freaking reason I'd ever vote for Trump would be the economy, straight up. Um, so I'm giving short term not to Trump. I'm giving long term to Trump. I'm flipping on the charisma. I disagree. The guy is charismatic. Yeah, um, yeah I think that uh, Lickman for I think the 13 points are a good basis for a discussion but they're not the gospel. Hey, here's one question. Lickman gave long-term economy to Biden, right? We all know what the tax increases We're about to go into it, yeah. are going to be. How can any rational person, you don't have to be a financial wizard to understand that that's going to hurt the economy? Well, what he's saying is people, he's not giving it to Biden. What he's saying is 
He's saying that the American people are not optimistic about the future of the economy. That's what he's saying. So it's not necessarily saying, hey, yeah. Biden's going to yeah. make the economy better. He's just saying the American people today are not optimistic. Yeah. You about know, the and, and the I got no personal beef against yeah. Lickman. I don't know who he is, but there is so much partisan fervor going yeah. on in this country that his his formula might not apply in 2020. I, I, I tell you, I love his formula. That's the crazy thing. Like I walked away saying I actually like this because mm-hmm. to me, I'm a guy that I like what uh, what. Uh, People said, people said, when I was in Miami, I didn't speak good English. I went to school. He says, life was good. And then I took algebra, and I said, I have a hard time figuring out letters. Now I have to figure out letters and numbers, and they get together. I don't even know what the <laughs> hell to do right now, right? Dale. But but I love formulas, and this to me is formulas. So to say, yeah. to say Trump is not charismatic, this is what I told him. Here's my final thoughts with him. By the way, it seems like you guys are enjoying it. It's officially the biggest podcast we've ever had on this new channel with uh, nearly 17. We brought the crack nice. 1700. Thank you guys. Thank you're watching you guys. this. Much Tune love in. to you guys. Tune put put you. Press thumbs up and hit the subscribe button. But let's continue. The part about charisma, this is what I told him. I said, look, my score is 9-4. Based on your markers, I'm giving short-term to Trump. I'm giving sh- uh, long-term to Trump. I'm giving foreign military to Trump. And I'm giving charisma to Trump. What did okay? he say? And, and then I, I made my point. I said the following. So I have 9-4. You have 8-5. Okay. I said, what's your favorite TV show that you can watch over and over and over again? He said, I'm a Yankees guy. I said, great. He's, I said, do you ever get tired of watching Yankees? No. I mean, you watch Yankees over and over again. I said, great. I'm a Mickey guy. I told him about the Mickey Mantle card I want, et cetera, et cetera. We had a laugh about it. I said, can you imagine a person to carry a show for 15 years without charisma? I said, it's mathematically impossible. Before becoming a president, this guy had a TV show called Apprentice for 15 years because Americans left, right, middle wanted to hear him say, you're fired. They didn't give a shit if he's a Republican, Democrat, or independent. Matter of fact, when he had the Apprentice show, they thought he was a Democrat. So it's not about the politics. He is very, very charismatic. And then I told him the last thing. I said, look, Alan, how about this? If you win and Biden wins, I take you to Yankees game. Third, you tell me where you want to sit. Four seats, you take your family. Enjoy it on the house. I said, but if Trump wins, you come back in and say, you're right. I said, how about this? I said, I'd like to see you get a double-digit streak to go into double digits. Like, your 10 is a big deal. You got to have a win streak. Why don't you say right now and switch to Trump? He said, I can't do it. So he stuck to his guns, yeah. and he's going with Biden. Obviously, we'll see what's going to well, take he, place. Pat, I actually had a really good conversation with the guy. I enjoyed him. Sure. And, and you know what? Kudos to him. For what he's done, that is unbelievable. Not many people can predict him. But do you— think he would have been getting the attention that he would be right now about this if he had picked it the other way. So this helps his brand going for Biden because he's going to get a lot of positive I media t- attention. I tell you one thing. I-, I tell you one thing. He says when he was working in D.C. and he said Trump in 2016, he says, I lost a lot of friends. A lot of people were upset with me. How could you go against Queen Hillary? How can you go against a person that everybody thought was going to be right. a president? By the way, somebody put a question here saying, Pat, do you really believe Hillary won all three debates? I don't, but he does. He thought yeah. he won, I think it was Sheldon or something like that. I didn't think Hillary yeah. won all no, three now, debates. Now, Pat, here's another question. Yeah. I know you like formulas, but when the person that runs the formula says, I lost a lot of friends because of my pick, yeah. and then the next time he does it, he does it the opposite way, doesn't that say it could be potentially skewed? No, it could did? be. It totally could be. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's, that's why I was curious to know why he went this direction with this. And by the way, since we're already on this topic, I say we go into Biden's tax plan. How about we talk about Biden's tax plan? So check this out. Last week, I'm minding my own business. We're at our annual convention. We're preparing for it. we got a lot of stuff going on. I get an email 
from Goldman Sachs, from our advisor Goldman Sachs. Good people there. We like them a lot. They do good for us. We Every time we run them, very, very helpful. This is not an article written by, you know, someone on HuffPost. This is not an article written by a contributor on Forbes. This is from Goldman Sachs mm-hmm. talking about Biden's plan to prepare CEOs, entrepreneurs, business owners on what is going to happen when this takes place. Polls are trending. This is the email. Polls are trending in the Democratic Party's favor. And while polls are unreliable, they have fueled questions around what happens to the financial markets if the Democrats take the White House and or the Senate. Politics aside, we are having conversations with clients around what, if any, steps we should take over the next few months. A few topics of note are below. Let's go through three of these topics with them, okay, together. Number one, Biden team has published their tax plan, and it outlines increased corporate tax rate, personal income rates increase, and capital gains tax rates increasing. Specifically, the plan outlines an increase in long-term capital gains, which is what? Anything above one year. One year. So you buy some, I buy a card for $500,000. I sell it two years later for a million dollars. The cap For $2 million, the capital gains taxes on that is what? A million and a half. 500000 Sell it for two million. I'm paying capital gains on that additional million and a half I made. Yeah, okay? your cost base is tax free. One point five million. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So the long term capital gains taxes from the current twenty percent is going to thirty nine point six. So he's not taking it from twenty percent to twenty five percent. Not thirty percent. Not thirty five percent. To thirty nine point six percent. It would be the highest capital gains taxes is what we're talking about. Nearly two x increase, right? That's number one. Second is he talks about the uh, current gift uh, tax exclusion that stands at 11.4 million per person, roughly 22 million per couple, and you know they're thinking about that this is going to go lower during Obama administration per person that was five million dollars. It's supposed to expire by 2025, but he's saying Biden's probably going to speed up that process and it's going to bring it down to five million sooner. Okay, so this may not apply to a lot of people that are listening to this, but if you got money, this applies to you. Then you go a little bit deeper here into the tax plan, and here's what you notice. Uh, Biden would raise corporate tax rate from 21 to 28 percent. Corporate tax rate, that's seven additional percent for corporate tax rate. Restore the top individual tax rate from 37 to 39.6. It went lower. It's going to go back to 39.6. Uh, tax plan would, his tax plan would raise between $3.35 trillion to $3.67 trillion over a decade if enacted in full starting in 2021. Okay, let me say that one more time. That means $3.35 trillion of American people is going to go to the government. That's really what that means, just so you know. $3.35 trillion over a decade. That's a lot of money. Biden's tax plan is highly progressive, increasing taxes for the top 1% earners by 13 to 18%. Okay? And then continuously for people who are at the bottom. It's like, well, Pat, I'm not really affected by this. This is just for the rich people. Major proposals by Biden's campaign would raise $1.6 to $1.9 trillion over a decade from corporations. A trillion to a trillion two will come from high earners from their income tax. $800 billion to a trillion dollars from Social Security taxes on high wage earners. And then he's adding tax fees, uh, fees on bank fees, $100 billion, and a bunch of other things that he's doing. Meaning, taxes are going up. When I told you the capital gains is going from 20 to 39.6, Adam, what was your reaction to it? You know, that's pretty, it's pretty unbelievable. Like I said before, the only um, reason that I personally would vote for Trump is for the economy. You're being serious. Taxes. This yeah. is the only reason. Taxes. The only reason. Okay. Money guy, 
that that's uh, I don't I don't find him likable. I don't find him credible. Uh, but is it, it is taxes, it reason enough? Do you think for people? For what people? Well, like a lot of people that maybe think that way. That think what way, Tom? That financially it makes more sense with Trump as president. I mean, would the, how, rich people? Yeah, rich people. I, mm. I doubt the average working America is waking would up. Would you being, consider and, yourself a rich person? I would say that I am well off. Yes, I I would consider you well off. But yeah. you, when I mean rich, because sometimes when you say rich nowadays, people think you're worth a hundred million, no, two hundred no, no, million. No, no. You're still talking one million. To, you're still talking to the people who make between a quarter million to half a million dollar your income. That's, that's not what the average American. That's I'm no, not, no, no, I'm not no. talking but about those people. You consider that rich, though? Would you say quarter million to I half a million? I would say that you're wealthy. You're doing okay, you're well. Fair off. enough. If you're making over two hundred thousand dollars as a family, two hundred fifty as a I household agree. income. The average American household. You know how much the average American household pulls in on average? Sixty-three thousand yeah. dollars. Okay. So we're talking middle America, median income people here. They're not waking up thinking, Jesus, these long-term capital gains. I'm not sure. The estate tax, I don't know. They might go from $20 million to $5 million, the exemption. Yeah. Most people don't think that way. Obviously, being around you, thinking more corporate, thinking long-term capital gain, thinking about exit strategy, these are very pertinent items. But you know, me being in the insurance business, life settlement business, yeah. understanding long-term capital gain, this is some scary stuff, guys. So for people that are paying attention to taxes, if the highest – um, long-term gain, uh, long-term uh, tax gain, is 15, 20%, and you're going to double it to the to the highest ordinary uh, income tax number, 39.6. This is scary stuff, but big picture, I'm not even talking Trump, I'm not even talking Biden, I'm talking 10, 20, 30 years down the road, what have you. Taxes are going to increase in this country. Back when uh, Reagan was an actor. You know Reagan's story about when he was a uh, actor. President of SAG or which which story? When he was a uh, actor, the tax. You know what the top tax rate was? This is 1930s. Ninety yes. freaking percent in America. Yes. Uh, I, when I saw that, I'm like, what country was this in? Yes. So Reagan would say he would make two movies a year, because if he made a third movie, he'd make way too much money and get ta get taxed. Sure. <laughs> at ninety percent. So this was some of the stuff he was. Brilliant thinking. tax strategy, obviously. I'm making uh, I'm making uh, two movies a year because yeah. if I make third, they're taking ninety percent sure. of it. So this is scary stuff, but whether it's 15, 20, 39, this is really aggressive. Taxes are going up in this country. This is a conversation we're going to have for the upcoming decades, for sure, especially with our unfunded liabilities, with Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, everything that's going on with the, the deficit, with uh, the, um, the debt calculator, it's scary stuff. Um, this is going to be an ongoing debate, but I think this is obviously going to affect anybody who's wealthy, long-term capital gain, the average American, I don't think they think about yeah, this I think kind of one, stuff. I think one thing that would help Biden, if he said, okay, these tax increases are going towards infrastructure or some things that all they're saying is it's $3.6 trillion, so where is it going? Uh, vaporizing? I mean, is it going to knock down the national debt? I mean, that's the big question. Yeah. What do you? I mean, is it going to go to programs that maybe people don't support, right, which is another political issue? But that's a lot of money. That's $300-plus billion here's, per year. Here's, here's the simplest way I look at it, Adam, and I hope this helps you out and this kind of makes sense to you. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, in life, I look at everybody as an advisor, okay, investment, investment advisor. Is that $3 trillion better in the private with entrepreneurs taking that $3 trillion and doubling to $6 trillion, $12 trillion, $24 trillion? Or is that $3 trillion better being given to politicians on what they can do better with that $3 trillion? I'll take option A. That's my point to you. So today, he, by the way, for the listener that's listening to this, here's what you have to realize. Uh, 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 Adam, is it fair to say you've never voted for a Republican president? For a Republican president? Did I vote for Bush and against Kerry? 
I don't think I voted for a Republican president. No. Okay, you've never voted no. for a Republican president. No, I've not. So, so you're somebody that you would say socially you're left. And I'm economically. You're on the 40 yard line. Okay, you're on the 40 yard line. Yes. Fair enough. Okay. But economically, you're conservative. I'm on the other side. That's yes. right. So, this is the challenge. If you remember when we were talking sometime last year and people were asking me, hey, what could happen? Not even last year, just like five months ago. What could happen for Trump to lose the election? I said, if the Dow stays and goes to 18,000, he ain't getting reelected, mm -hmm. period. He ain't getting reelected. One of the biggest mistakes Democrats did, believe it or not, you know what they did? When coronavirus took place, they had a four-month period to really show fear in America. They should have never sent the $600 to the American people mm -hmm. per week. The moment they agreed to do that, Trump became the good guy. He took care of the people in their hearts. The American people said, man, crisis happened. So it backfired on Democrats because they wanted to do that, but it happened during the Trump administration. Forever that credit's going to go to Trump <clears throat> because they're going to remember the president. 30 years from now, no one's going to remember that. Who came up with this $600 a week? When they came up with that $600 a week, it brought the Dow from 18.9 that went to just a few months ago yeah. to $29,000. If the economy's at $29,000, most of the time the American people are like, you know what, if the economy's fine, the unemployment for African-American Hispanics is low as it's ever been, I'm just going to keep it the way it is right now. I think it kind of is going to backfire on Democrats. That's my thoughts. Well, and the, the number one thing I equate with the taxes going higher, corporation tax going up, is uh, layoffs, right? And more people, I think, thinking long-term, how's this going to affect their jobs? So, I don't know. It's uh, When they – did they – did they put any bias in the email when they reached out to you? Did they give you any advice with it, or well, is that their job well, the guy to guide that sent you me the email, way? The guy's a stud. He, he's a stud. But to be fair, the, the chief economist of, uh, um, of uh, uh, Goldman Sachs is a Persian lady. And I had a chance to go listen to her earlier this year in February when coronavirus was just coming up. And they said at that time that they weren't too concerned about coronavirus. I don't know if you remember the reports, Kai. We read that extensively when they gave me the reports, like 50-page report. Coronavirus wasn't a big deal to them. They didn't think it was going to be as big as it ended up being. And she doesn't necessarily favor Trump. A lot of the people like Goldman Sachs don't necessarily favor mm -hmm. Trump. So they're going to be more left-leaning from the chief economist standpoint. And a lot of times when you get this email, the email is coming from the chief economist, giving it to the next person and the next person, and then it's coming out. So the leaning is a left-leaning uh, 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 policies that they have from the top. Not necessarily him, mm -hmm. but the economy is coming from the top. But, you know, let's go to a couple other topics here. Again, we're going to find out what's going to happen here. All I'm saying is if it goes like this and the 39-6 is what Biden's tax plan is going to be for capital gains, you're going to have second thoughts about voting for Biden. That's what you're saying. I'm just saying that's the only reason I would consider not voting. So if today is yeah. the day to vote, you go to the booth, what are you doing? What's, what is Josh Wade today? What is Josh Wade today? Because <laughs> we have a bet. Josh, if you're listening, I love what, you, buddy. That what, bet is still in place, buddy. I want today? you losing weight. He, he does All right, so just to wrap this up, we, you have 9-4. Uh, I have 9-4. Uh, Trump. You got 8-5. I think I had 7-6, 8-5. And Tom, our good friend over here, has got zero thirteen. He thinks he's a quack. By he's ain't giving us. I say you just don't do the formula in twenty twenty. Okay, it's different. Tom, uh, the show the goes on, baby. By the way, the show goes on. I asked him. I said, "Has anybody ever won a sweep thirteen zero on the way you guys did it from eighteen sixty to today?" He says, "Only one." I said, "Who?" He said, "Teddy Roosevelt." Wow. Teddy Roosevelt's the only one that won thirteen zero. Guys, Yeah, that's right. Teddy Guys Roosevelt's boy. the only <laughs> one that won thirteen zero. Anyways, let's let's talk a little business that's here. Great. Let's talk a little business here. 
So Amazon, this has really apparently happened, and I thought this was not going to happen anytime soon, but it's apparently happened. So Amazon announces their drone program that it's ready for liftoff. Amazon received its FAA certificate that will allow it to move forward with drone delivery. It, it, the drone program in 2013 was first announced, and ever since then that they've been working on it, the MK-27 drones will be able to fly up to 15 miles and deliver packages weighing less than five pounds in less than 30 minutes. Can you show us the picture of this guy so we can kind of see this? So, so if it's less than 15 miles, I order something on Amazon, it's less than five pounds, Within 30 minutes, it's a, it arrives to my house. It's crazy stuff when you think about yeah, it. Yeah, it's mm. very crazy. I mean, all I think about is imagine how many people are ordering stuff on Amazon. How many drones are we going to no, see? No in the kidding. Sky? I mean, because you're seeing them drop one box. I mean, look, there's so many Amazon vans on the street. Have you noticed they're everywhere? They're everywhere. Everywhere. They're everywhere. Yeah. Is there something to see or no? Let's see what this looks like. So that's apparently the drone. Can you make that bigger for us to see, or? Safety and efficient delivery packages to customers. This is spa music. I, I, you know what, with the volume of packages they deliver, I don't know how this makes a dent. How, how can dropping off one package 15 miles away, is, it, is, it, is this more for publicity? I tell you, within 30 minutes, Tom, you uh, buy, I mean, we uh, have an Amazon down the no. street here, and it, it, less than 30 miles away. Yeah. You know which one I'm talking about. On the way to the freeway. Right. You ever seen that one? It's a massive sure. on the right side. Right. No, no. I think it's great. I mean, if they could do it. But what if everybody in this room ordered something right now? Would there be eight uh, drones in the air dropping yes, them over the building saying. right now? Yeah, that's dude. what they're saying. But what about the other 500,000 people in Dallas that are ordering at the same time? But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. If they have, yeah. I mean, you're going to look at the sky. I'm just, I'm just visualizing. You look up. 600 drones above right. you. Well, no kidding. That and just looks well, weird. Hey, what about UPS and FedEx? Won't they want to do the same thing? Won't that help them as well? It is unbelievable. I, I can't imagine uh, that this takes off. I can't. I mean, I was a huge fan of the movie Back to the Future, right? I know, obviously, sometimes for fun, you dress up as Doc yeah, Brown just for, I uh, did, yes. for, uh, for, for good times. Um, shout out to uh, John Mason. He's uh, Marty McFly in his spare time. Um, but I'm a huge fan of that. But what a twist. What a plot twist we've had in the world. We thought years ago we'd have flying cars. <laughs> That's what would be happening in 2020. Now we have flying drones delivering your toilet paper because you don't want to go to the store By the yourself. way, have, have you So heard, it's a sad situation. Have you heard what the USPS is doing for to combat this What's with that? their latest technology? They're going to put every letter into a paper airplane and then zip it over to your house. <laughs> Forget drones, man. They're going to make paper airplanes. Can That's their new that? delivery service. Well, I can see that. That's what the government would do if they, if they want to do something <laughs> like that. That's your mail-in ballot right there, I folks. tell you, this is going to be so, – I cannot – So are, are we a fan of this? Are we not a fan? Is this good? Is this bad? Is I, this stupid? I, is this crazy? I don't crazy? think what the is question this? is if it were a fan of it or not. I think the question is, is it happening or not? And do you have any yeah. say in it? It's I, I think happening. it's happening. It, yeah, it, I'm, I'm a is. fan of it for one reason. My 14-year-old daughter, whenever she orders something on Amazon, she's bombing me with texts all day. Go get my package. Go get my package. Yeah. Go get, you know, this might get it there quicker. Fewer texts. I tell you, okay, so here's, here's what I want package. you to think about. So imagine you are, you know, a 12-year-old boy, okay, and, and you figure out the BB gun. You take it out. You go in the backyard. <sighs> You're seeing drones being delivered, and they're coming lower and oh, lower yeah. and lower. You're like playing target practice. Hell yeah, you I are. I mean, the 12 years, what they're going to be. People are going to be shooting shot. these things. They're going to be shooting these yeah, things. Yeah, for sure. That's the part. You're going to see 
boxes falling? What if one of the drones, like, you know, has a challenge? It comes down, crash in the middle of the freeway. It's going to be very entertaining. Weather? I mean, thunderstorms yeah. in Dallas? How do these things fly, Lightnings, right? boom, drone gets hit. I'm going to sound like an old grumpy man right now, and you're talking to somebody that would work from home, doesn't have a car, Ubers everywhere, doesn't go shopping, does Instacart. I don't, I don't, go, to the, I don't go to the Walmart. I'll go, I'll order Amazon. Like, I'm as, like, techie as it gets. But we're going to have a new generation, your kids, your kids, that are not going to under – My kids, when yes. I got, you know, knock on wood, ladies out there, I'm single. Um, <laughs> the instant gratification thing is on overload right now. Imagine when you just – Where's my package? It's been 31 minutes. Like, this ain't a freaking pizza, bro. Like, there's thir certain things, good things take time. I'm not saying that everything uh, that you're ordering, but the instant gratification know, of everything you order. 30 minutes, 30 minutes, 30 minutes is a freaking drone. This is, I got to have my, my video game. Where is it? Come on, know, Amazon. Like, this is, a little, this is getting a little aggressive, guys. The, the differentiator, could, <laughs> it might be pay an extra $200. That's when you're rich. When, when you're, you're rich, rich, you do what Adam just You just throw money. Right? Do you think maybe it, the option is well, you pay an extra two club, or three hundred dollars, you get the drone up, service? Because there's just no way for the sheer volume of packages they deliver, you can have drones dropping them off. But I really, I mean, I think it's fascinating. What, what, how did Amazon deliver the packages two, three years ago? Because you didn't see Amazon vans. Are they just more comfortable having their own vans out they there? Had, they had stealth vans. They had rake Un vans unmarked? that were going on. Unmarked vans, just I mean, they're vans. everywhere. And then it's fascinating when you Not see the little there. areas where they'll park them. Like, I, I, I see little hotels, you know, throughout L.A. where there's 50 Amazon vans. I mean, so they, have, they must have so many trucks out there. Listen, just, just know that Jeff Bezos is so good that his wife's wealth doubled in the last couple yeah, months. She's yeah. now worth $68 billion. Yeah. Richest ex-wife. Richest woman in the world. Yeah, okay. Wealthy. Can you imagine how powerful you are? You're, you're worth $200 million and your ex-wife is worth $68 billion. You are not only the richest man in the world, right. you, you, your wife, your ex-wife is the it's richest ridiculous. woman in the world. That's ridiculous yeah. is what that means. Uh, and I don't think Amazon is slowing down anytime soon, by the way. So, again, shout out to Jeff Bezos, man, you and your drones. It is what it is. So, uh, uh, Zoom CEO Eric Wan, uh, $6.6 .6 billion he made in one day. Let me say that one more time. He made $6.6 .6 billion in one day. Uh, I think there is, Zoom is now bigger than Starbucks. It's bigger than a lot of these companies that you read about. And their stock skyrocketed. Uh, the question now is, did people listening to this, did anybody listening to today's podcast buy any Zoom stock or own any Zoom stock pre-March pre 1st? If you did own Zoom stock pre-March 1st, you're probably bragging about sure. it to your friends. These are the moments that you can brag about these types of things yeah. if you own Zoom stock pre-March 1st. Do you think Zoom is going to slow down anytime soon? Um, well, the brand awareness is out there and everybody's going to use it. Now, the question is, kids are going to go back to school, we hope, eventually. So fewer uses there. Uh, will people go back to the office? So, yes, I think just sheer volume, it'll have to go down by total number of people using it. But, man, they've, uh, they, they, they've entered the, uh, the playing field pretty dramatically here. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, no, no, great, great point. Um, we've learned, you know, a couple of key terms that we've learned or – over the last six months, social distancing. Yeah. That was a word we've never used. You yeah. know, face masks. Yeah. Uh, and then essential, right? Essential. Zoom has taken the word essential and brought it to different levels. This Zoom has been essential. Pat just did a, the most ridiculous event. PHP just did the most ridiculous event all via Zoom. You usually do it in Las Vegas. You're taking over MGM, 10,000 people. 
absolute chaos, pandemonium. You did it with 10 people in a freaking room. You have General Mattis. You got Trey Gowdy. You got Dale, 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 Mr. Worldwide Pitbull, all via Zoom. And it was, it was an incredible event. I mean, what an event. What a time. What a place to be alive via Zoom. And it all happened do, do, via Zoom. Do, do, you know, do you know what feedback we got? So we, every time we do this, we send an email out and we get a survey back. We, went, we, sat, we had a two-hour meeting yesterday to read every single survey. Yeah. You know what the survey was? Tell Craziest me. survey. The survey was they were able to connect with the speakers better because they looked at them on their camera. So they're watching them here yeah. versus at mm -hmm. convention, you're watching them that's 100 yards away because you got a bunch of people in the room. So, so the connection with seeing their faces mm -hmm. was closer to them. How weird is it to say I connect? And you know what else Alan Lickman said yesterday, which was interesting? He says, you ever been to an RNC or a DNC convention? He says, when you go to RNC and DNC convention, he says, you don't hear any of the speakers. He says, all it is is the entire time delegates are walking around, it's loud, it's noisy, it's distractions, it's this. He says, here's the one thing about this year's DNC and RNC. You were able to listen to every one of the speakers. There was no distractions. It was just straight up talking sure. to you. So there was nothing being said that you didn't catch. So I think this Zoom thing with the direction we're going in yeah. right now, there, I don't think this is going away. I, I don't think this is a model that's going no. away. And I think if they add a couple gamification models to it, and they decide to come out with a social side to it. I think this Zoom thing can yeah. keep growing. Two points. Um, Lickman's right about one thing, because the speakers were so much more impactful because they weren't having the reporters on the floor interviewing the delegates, right? Those dopey delegates yeah. that come in from all over the country. And I, that's the most obnoxious thing about the, the convention. So the speakers were a lot more impactful. Is there going to be a competitor to Zoom? Can Google step up and, and really take them on and, and have a, a device that's Well, as WebEx good? had the lead. Yeah, but, right. But they didn't have enough infrastructure to be able to handle it. We yeah. kept using WebEx, WebEx, WebEx. Three times it crashed on mm -hmm. us, and I said, I'm done sure. with WebEx. We left Cisco and we went to Zoom. Yeah, Zoom had a big crash last week that they you did. Know, made big they news. Did. Now, yes. here's the other thing that's fascinating. Most people say, I never really even heard of Zoom yeah. you know, until COVID hit. But this guy was a billionaire before COVID. His net worth now, the CEO, is $23 billion. It went up six. So he already was a billionaire so apparently zoom was making an impact on some level did you see the the primary chinese investor he's he has like nine percent and uh he's worth 11 billion because of can zoom now it? unbelievable can you imagine you, you know the ceo's name now yawn eric Wan. eric Wan. Eric, yeah, eric Wan. yeah um two things with that just to follow up we talked about this initially i think you know five six months ago yeah just being ready for the moment you know zoom didn't say well, hold on, guys. We'll, we'll get right with you. We got a couple glitches. They were ready. I mean, Corona hit. Boom. Zoom entered the equation. Just talking about being ready. But the one thing, and this is kind of shifting topics here, is I read that letter that Seinfeld wrote mm -hmm. about New York. Yeah. And one thing that stuck out to me, we're talking about Zoom. We're Kai, talking pull about up the remote. Seinfeld letter. We're talking about Zoom. We're talking about remote. We're talking about logging in. We're talking about, you know, all that fun stuff. Something that Seinfeld just, you know, people are calling for the death of New York City. Yeah. You know, nothing beats just real life human interaction. Could you imagine if we were doing this and it was all via Zoom? Yeah, maybe people get, you know, a different experience. But there is something special about sitting in a room, being with people. Like, let's not forget about that. As amazing as Zoom is, nothing beats human interaction. I don't disagree. I don't disagree at all. But I think the speed of delivery and messaging and how you can conduct now business internationally through Zoom, 
I, I just don't think this is going away. I think people. Oh, no are, doubt. No yeah, doubt. It's not are, going away. That's we, for sure. We, look, we grew, God, 174%. We grew July to July. If you take Zoom out, yeah. we're not growing 174%. How the hell do we grow 174% July to July? Zoom has got a lot to do with it, and you're hearing a lot of success stories with other people that are doing the same thing as well. By the way, Joe Rogan to Spotify. You guys heard about what happened when he went to yeah, Spotify? Let's hear did, about this. Did, did, did you guys hear about what happened with Spotify? So Rogan goes to Spotify. Okay, this was last week. Kai keeps reminding me, hey, he's leaving, he's leaving, he's leaving. And he even showed me his new set, which is sick. I don't know if you've seen his new set, Rogan's new set. Really cool new set. If you want to put it Can up and show it. up, Kai? Yeah, I, like, I love his new set he's got. Uh, obviously, it's, it's, I, it's here in Austin, is it not? Press the mm -hmm. new set. Yeah. Press images. Let's see if uh, uh, images. Uh, right there. That's one. That's second uh, right there. So that's kind of how they're putting the set together. It's not over with yet. Obviously, they have the new one you can see, I think, on his Instagram post. But that's kind of what they're putting together. Pretty cool what they're doing at his Austin, Not Texas. as big as I thought it would be. Let's, well, it's, it's creative. It's creative tunnel, the way he's got tunnel it. Vision. But go, go, to the, go to the data that came back about his podcast on Spotify. So it's, it came back, the full list of missing episodes on Spotify. Okay? Hmm. Owen Smith. A bunch of different names. Alex Jones is missing, okay? You got uh, um, uh, Gavin uh, McGinnis is missing. Uh, Alex Jones and Eddie Bravo is missing. Milo Yiannopoulos is missing. Another Gavin McGinnis is missing. Another Milo is missing. Chris Ilya. Uh, Did you see yep, that? Yep, that's comedian? right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Adam uh, Bravo, Adam sometimes talks about conspiracy theories. He's missing. Dave Asprey is missing. You got, you got a lot of people that's missing. You know, huh? Steve Greer. The, what's, the, the, what's the theme here, though? Uh, I, I'm, I am hopeful that Rogan's attorneys, when they did this contract, they did it in a way where Rogan was free to keep all the things that he talks about on. Because if they control him, I don't think Rogan's the kind of guy that's going to be okay with that. No. I just don't think it's going to work out with Rogan. But you cannot put a Tasmanian devil in a cage. You cannot do that with a guy like that. Rogan's got opinions. He's going to get his sure. opinions heard. I mean, his deal was $100 million. It's not yeah. like he wasn't making a lot of money, or he probably could have made close to that. Did you remember what Bill Simmons from ESPN, then he started The Ringer, you know what he sold for to Spotify? $200 million. $200 million. Unbelievable Bill Simmons was more than Rogan? Bill Simmons was more than Rogan. He had, he had a network of podcasts through The Ringer, so there yeah. was multiple, and he had a lot of people. But yeah, oh. he made $200 million. Bill One of the most annoying guys in sports, by the way. <laughs> Bill Simmons? Very annoying. But he people brilliant have Brilliant guy, though. No? No, no one's. I didn't say he's not brilliant. Why is he annoying? Because what, what I mean by annoying is not from my end. Sports, people in sports yeah. get annoyed by Bill Simmons because he says the most random things. Well, he, and he sticks to it. And half the time he's wrong. Half the time that's he's wrong. That's what I realized with Bill yeah, Simmons. that's Bill Simmons. Oh, yeah, I guarantee that this was going to happen. But guess who else does that? Charles Barkley does that. Oh, you know, the but Blazers going to sweep. Oh, yeah, but you see him mopping yeah, the floor yeah. and sweeping. <laughs> and then, and the thing Shaq about Bill Simmons, it. you know, Bill started as the sports guy in Boston. So he did a Yahoo.com blog, right? So he was the anti-media guy because I was working in Boston at the time at Fox, and he hated on on-air tv people he was always ripping us and just making fun of us in his blog he had a cult-like following then he went to espn you know people loved him for his writing and then now he was ahead of the game though i got to give him credit in 2014 he understood what was going on with the blog or with the the podcast and really got it going at espn and then when he started the ringer that was the main part of their business i think the print or the uh, online version of the articles is just you know to support it but 200 mil but you know I, I guess you need a deep dive to just see what everybody was talking about here on these episodes with with Rogan, but there's nothing he wouldn't know going into this new deal with Spotify, right? Yeah, that's right? the deal. You know, I'm, I'm a little concerned about that because 
I don't know about not keeping those on. Those are some of the best ones he's done that the viewers were talking about. You, you're going to take those off because he's contra. They took off the one where Joey Diaz says what he used to do with comedians back in the days. I don't know if you've with heard that. With female lady comedians. With female yeah. ladies say you'd come and do this and you'd get wow. 10 minutes to talk. And they took that one I down because I think the common theme here is he, they took off the controversial stuff. This isn't a left or right thing. Because right. Because you got Nick Kroll on there who's a liberal Hollywood you know, actor. So you know, You've got um, – Jordan Chris Peterson, I think they took off as well. Joey Diaz, comedian. I don't think this is a political thing. I think it's just a controversial thing. They don't want. Well, know. that's the whole thing, though. Yeah, that's exactly. Whole, but, but, but that's the whole thing. So you can't create controversial content on Spotify. Then is that what Spotify's brand in itself as? Sure. And you, you cannot think, just talk about anything on Spotify. And they're going to be forced now to answer this question, don't you think? With yeah, Rogan's I th- I following, think they, they have to have some sort of statement. I think they will. Be. What does it say on the top right? Rogan's podcast is moving exclusive to Spotify after signing a $100 million deal, and his fans are not happy about what episodes are being left behind during the transition. So, just to be clear, we're not going to see any Rogan on YouTube moving forward. Only short clips based on what Kai's telling me. I heard so December is the last December it goes 100% Spotify. Meaning you're 100%. not going to find him at all Only on ads. YouTube. Only ads. But it's 100% on Spotify. And by the way, the one thing I like about Spotify, that, that you know, I hope YouTube does this. I kind of like the 3.0 speed that they have. Some people can listen to stuff 3.0 speed, and Spotify has 3.0 3.0, speed. 3.0 Pat. 3.0 you, speed. You know, a, a logical reason these aren't there. Yeah. I mean, possibly maybe Rogan couldn't afford those U-Haul charges and get that extra truck to move out of California well, to Texas. Then, then so he had to leave the, those tapes. you got to give all the credit back to Governor Newsom. Governor Newsom. <laughs> I mean, you know, when, you, when you're that special, you're that special. You know, you have a whole Did you answer the chances that you're leaving California? I think we skipped over that. What are the chances you're you know leaving what? California? I, 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 it, it it's painful to think about because California, you know, is a place that people love when they're there. I, listen, like well, I what about people, you? I'm what keeping all you, my Tom? options open. <laughs> he said slim to none. What are the chances you're leaving California? Uh, good, good. Eventually, hi, hi. Yeah, probably. Yes, you're gonna leave California. I, I likely. I, you know, there's a good chance. I mean, who knows? But you're, I mean, you're, I, you're I, 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 it, it would have been a firm and emphatic no five months ago. Hundred percent no, You're no way part. ever. Yeah, See, yeah, I'm never. No, nothing would drive five me out of California. Ago, I'm going to California. So the yeah. coronavirus exposed a Buddy, lot of political. Five months ago, I'm going to California. Did you hear about what happened with the church? Who was that one pastor? Uh, 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 MacArthur, MacArthur, uh, uh, John MacArthur. Who's uh, uh, the big pastor in LA? If you can look him up, he's been. They've been leasing their church from LA County for forty-five years. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so they did their service. I just type in MacArthur. Type in MacArthur. MacArthur, you were in the right direction. MacArthur, T H U R, Kai, T H U R. Oh my gosh, Kai, just type in. You had it, MacArthur Pastor, L A. L A. Okay, there we go. Then go to news, go to news, top. Yeah, there you go, news. Got it. Okay, here's what happened. Mayor Garcetti. You know what they're doing? So he opened up his church, and he says, you can't do anything with me. I'm the church. I can open up and uh, have my uh, members come in and see this. He goes against all the laws of California, and he Mm -hmm. says, you cannot tell me not to do this. They've had a 45-year lease in L.A., and you know what Garcetti does? They're not canceling his lease, Hmm. and they took away his parking spots so members couldn't go there, and they said, you don't have the lease anymore. So they took it away from him. This is but ugly stuff. This is ugly stuff, and that's what California is doing. And, you know, they think they can get away with it. The best part about competition is I love that this is happening 
Because when you are number one, okay, California says we are the five, number five economy in the world. That's a, when you become number one, a couple things follow when you become number one, if you're not too careful. Arrogance comes. You think you're untouchable, comes. And anytime you act arrogant, pompous, and you think you're untouchable, you officially have a target on you from many people. Competition. That's what's happened with California right now. And people are going to be exploiting that nonstop. By the way, some bad news for you. I don't know if you heard about the no, bad there's news. There's always bad news for well, here's you. you got to roll news. with the punches, though. Did you, you guys hear about this? Punches. Paul's not going to like this too much. Paulie's going to be furious about this. Uh, uh, moving forward, Pakistan is no longer ah. accepting dating, dating apps like Tinder and Grinder. It's done. <laughs> so Paul E is done. Paul E, if you're listening, <laughs> Pakistan, no more Grinder, no more put Tinder for him. Put down the pizza, Paul. Put it's down the video games. Here. Put Done. down the grinder app. Well, I'm worried about that guy. And on top of that, this is one of the things I'm very proud of India. I am so excited about India. We just hired a couple more Indian uh, engineers here from India. One of them uh, lived in the slums of India. She's not working with us. She's a beast. And the other analysts we hired, they're both beasts. Oh, I've seen them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quality, quality, guys. India bans 118 Chinese apps. Flat out bans. Okay? 118 apps india bans india is publicly just saying we don't want to have anything to do with you wechat you know wechat you ever heard of wechat no longer mm -hmm. in india mm -hmm. they banned 118 uh uh, uh uh chinese apps and a statement made is issued by uh, uh india's ministry of electronics and information technology he said this decision is a targeted move to ensure safety, security, and sovereignty of Indian cyberspace. What a thing to do and what a thing to say. Do you think India is trying to say we're not afraid of China, we want to compete and do something and take over China? I don't know. It's going to be a lot of work for them to do that, but they're heading in the right direction. I, Shout out to India, sure. by the way. I, I think they're basically saying we're skeptical of any Chinese app that's probably stealing our data, spying on us, and we're not going to give them that advantage anymore, right? wipe it out what do you do you take it as a message or do you just take it as they're just trying to make sure cyberspace is good and, no you know, no no it's protected. a message cyber I think, uh, I think you think it's, it's a message i think it's all the above something I mean, like that. if there's, there's one thing i know about included. patrick bet david if there's one thing i know here we go he wants to push back against china here we go that, i mean am i wrong on that here i mean you go. think china is coming for america clearly this is your other than taxes these days other than potential exit taxes china number one on your agenda let me ask you and i don't disagree with that okay there you okay. go yeah. i know you're going with that yeah I agree with you on okay. that, but am I wrong in saying that? No, China, okay. I, I, you, I, I, absolutely not. Okay, I agree with so you. you like this. When you see news like this, you like this. I love the fact love that it. India's not afraid. Yes. I love the fact that India's not afraid and they're making a statement. That's what I love about what India's doing right now. I love the fact that they're not afraid and they're saying, you know what, the hell with you. Here's what we're doing. We're not okay with this. We're not okay with what you're doing. There's no way in the world we're going to support something like this. I don't know. I'm, I'm all for it. I like the fact that they're you know, standing strong to China, and they're not scared of them. You mentioned the other day, you know, obviously you lean a little bit pro-capitalism, pro-right on the on the agenda. I am 100% capitalist. 100%. Everything else, I'm open to debate. Clearly. But I'm 100% capitalist. And I brought up the other day, you said, whoever's tougher on China is who I would vote for. So I gave an example. I said, you know, on the Democratic yeah. side, yes. if you have Tulsi Gabbard on the left, hypothetically, everybody, hypothetically, on the Democratic side, and you have someone like John Kasich on the right, who's a little bit more moderate, um, you would vote for the Democrat who is harder on China, stricter on China than a Republican. There's no question about it. Tell There's me about, no, tell me about if, that. If Tulsi Gabbard is running yeah. against Kasich, say Kasich's the Republican nominee and Tulsi Gabbard's the Democratic nominee. Mm -hmm. So here's a 
uh, woman who's served in the military, I think, 16 years, and she's been around for uh, a while. Even though she's younger, she's got she's energetic. 39 years old. 39 years old, but yeah. it was in the military. She served, and Hillary can't stand her, which is a big sign for Republicans because Hillary and her went into the biggest feud. I don't know if you remember this, but she said she— was owned by Russia. She's owned by Russia and her yeah. famous line and all this stuff. The person who's owned by Russia claims everybody else is owned by Russia. Right, it's so right, interesting right. when people make comments like that. Well, she would probably know. <laughs> she would probably know. And Tulsi's like, wait a minute. And Tulsi came back the next day and boom, her video went off. Got Clap back. millions of views. Mm-hmm. I like Tulsi's, uh, uh, you know, she's got a backbone. She's strong. And if she's against China, going against Kasich and Kasich says, Let's make China work and drop the tariffs. Yeah, I'm probably going to lean towards Who's pro-China, though, at this point? Who's it's, like, not, it's not about pro-China. Okay. It's who is, who is for sale. This is not about who's pro-China. Who's for sale? Because China is willing to buy. Look, y- 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 when Biden wanted to, when years ago, Biden voted to bring China in the World Trade Organization. Why would you bring China into the World Trade Organization while they're doing everything they can to take all your inventory and your technology and all your patents away from you what do you mean bring them into the world trade organization and get away with crime who the hell would want to bring somebody like china into the world trade organization they're not friends and allies with you they're not on your side they don't think the way you do they simply want to take everything from you and be held accountable for nothing that's what biden voted for i mean yeah of course if when you're saying who is for china it's not about who is for china it's about when you go into the negotiation room and the doors are closed who do i trust in that room because when you go into the negotiation room, the cameras are not there. I don't see the cameras. Who, who's going to be pushing them? And when you come out of the meeting, you watch to see who's upset. If you come out of the meeting and you see China's got the biggest smile on their face, guess what that means? <laughs> hmm. They got they what they want. If China yeah. comes out and they're angry at Trump, okay, good. I kind of like that a little bit because the deal's probably not happening because he's not giving up the tariffs. Uh, so it's not about a who's for China, who's not. It's who doesn't have the backbone to go and stand up against a regime that powerful that just invested $400 billion into Iran, that is doing an economic hitman job on Africa, that is buying up land to own Africa, that is buying up land to own Iran. China. China wants to indirectly own the oil in Iran. People are not seeing this stuff. This this stuff that's taking place. I had a conversation. I don't know if I told you guys on the podcast. I don't think I told them on the podcast. I had a call last week with a very powerful military general. Did I tell you about the story or not? A no. uh, very uh, 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 private, uh, uh, how should I put this, private conversation with a very powerful uh, general from Shah's military, okay? He's in his 80s. We had a very strong conversation together last week. And we talked about what are your thoughts about China investing $400 billion in Iran? He says if Iranian people don't understand and do something about this and turn this down, Iran's going to be owned by China for the next few decades. Hmm just like how UK owned Iran for decades when they first had that oil company that was owned by UK and eventually OPEC, you know, this whole thing became British Petroleum and, you know, all that stuff started with a partnership of Iran. Yeah, I don't trust anybody that can be bought and is for sale with China. What can the Iranian people even do, though? What can the Iranian people do? What do you mean, what can the Iranian people do? Meaning there's got such a Protest, protest, protest. Protest, protest, protest. What has that led to in Iran over the It last? led to a revolution in 1979. I'm saying recently. Nine, no, what I'm saying to you is in 1970, 1979, if you didn't want the Shah, he left. If you got that kind of a backbone, why don't you do it again? Mm-hmm. Well, didn't they try to do that somewhat recently? Yes. And, and they, what happened? And it wasn't, it, no, they stopped. 
They try to do it and stop. Right. And, and, but here's the other part. I believe if they do it this time around and they continue, I do believe Trump will help them because I don't think Trump is okay with China trying to own Iran. I don't think so. And I think Trump will support the Iranian people, the why, Iranian people, not the, the government. Why would the, the regime, like just think about it from the regime. What are, what are they thinking when they're accepting $400 billion? What, what's their You're mindset? You're for sale. Okay. Buddy, you are for sale. If you're taking four hundred billion dollars from China, you're telling your people of Iran, you're for sale. How are they spinning it to the people? I don't know. I'm not up on Iranian politics. How are they? It's very yeah. easy how you spin it to yeah. people. Okay, remember when we had Naomi uh, Park on yeah. a couple of weeks ago, and uh, she did the interview. She's the one that escaped North Korea, North went Korea. to China. Crazy she was, story. She was bought as a virgin for two hundred dollars. Eventually went to South Korea and then came over here, gave a talk, got fifty million views in twenty four hours. That's crazy. And she's going to be here today. We're going to have wow. lunch with her today. Wow. By the way, you, you guys will get a chance to meet her. She's going to be here today. And uh, we're going we're gonna to potentially do some kind of collaborations with her. But I'm excited about her, her being here today. So when I was talking to her and I said, so tell me, why is North Korea able to do what they're doing right now? She, I said, who has North Korea's back? China. China. So let me get this straight. The same country that invested in Iran, $400 billion, has North Korea's back. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. Right. You have North Korea's back and you invest into Iran and the Iranian government is willing to accept four hundred sure. billion dollars. Yeah. And, That's have, a problem, and, and then did you see how China has, is going to double their nuclear, nuclear arsenal in the next few yeah. years? North Korea just said the same thing. You know, do the Iranian people have the ability to pull it off, though, as ruthless as that regime is and to, to whatever levels it's they would go to squash it? I don't be think they do. No, no, no. I, it's not about I don't think they do. Listen. Never underestimate the power of people. I need battery here. Never yeah. underestimate, uh, underestimate the power of people. And, and they would need the full support of the U.S., which they potentially could get with under Trump. Under Trump, they mm -hmm. would. Not on the, under, the, no. under uh, Biden, they would not. Yeah. But under Trump, they would. So, you know, that, that when you talk in China, that's where I go with China. You've got to be very, very careful with China. You've got to keep an eye out. Again, goes back to the same thing. Russia told you they're tough guys and don't mess with them. China doesn't tell you. China uses proxy. You've got to be careful with that. By the way, a couple things with sports. Zlatan, whom I'm a very big fan of. If you've not watched his documentary, you got to watch it. He's going back to AC Milan. He's going back to AC Milan. Uh, uh, by the way, one of the coolest things in the documentary I was telling you about to watch, this kid is 16, 17 years old. Yeah. He's going with his agent, his manager, who's in his late 40s, early 50s, to sign a contract. His manager is nervous before signing the contract, and he tells his manager, this 17-year-old kid <laughs> says, why don't you act like you've been here before? <laughs> Calm down, buddy. You know, that, that's the it factor, right? I mean, he had Are it at the age of 16 Are you kidding me at 17, 17? Why don't you act like you've been here before? And, and the manager listened to him, right? <laughs> he, he, like, minded his You got to watch this. And, by the way, I know Messi said he's leaving. He wants to go to Manchester. There's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. NBA, you had Chris Paul and them lost with the whole referee delay of game. You had the other side. The Bucks are down 2-0 to the baby, Miami up Heat. Some very weird the thing out, that the Denver, Denver advances yeah. with two points. Yeah. Interesting things going that on. Denver series. We won't go too de in deep in sports. We're going to yeah. well, lose all our listeners over but, here. But you know what? For you, you, you've been in the sports world your entire career pretty yes. much. You, you did some stuff with Jordan. When you were covering the Bulls, how was it working with Michael Jordan? It was unbelievable, really. I mean, uh, he, to this day, I mean, there will never anything I could do that will – 
cap that or do anything. And then just watching The Last Dance, it was crazy because I was in the middle of all that for three years. I arrived in Chicago when I was working for NBC the day Rodman did, basically. So the first thing I did was wow. cover that press conference. So it was unbelievable. Um, Craziest story. Give us a crazy story. You know what? It's just because I worked for the NBC station, yeah. you know, we were able to be around the Bulls even more because the games were on our channel. You know, just being able to interact with Michael in, in times that you wouldn't, and people go, what's he like? I mean, he is literally amazingly cool i mean i think that came across in the documentary that that he's nice to people he dealt with the media he cared i mean clearly it was all because social media wasn't there but we also hosted a show on sunday nights with dennis rodman okay which was probably the number one show in chicago every sunday night <laughs> after the 10 o'clock news and, and rodman would come on these shows um you know drunk Okay, drunk. straight up drunk. Oh, so in a, in a dress, okay, so both, but all of the above. Wow. So you you know Rodman was there because you could smell Benny Hanna in the building. So he would come from Benny Hanna, him and Carmen Electra. They would do their thing after a game. So, cool. so we would do it in May, right? Uh, that's when the shows would be live. Yeah. Uh, we used to do them at Michael Jordan's restaurant. So Rodman would show up. He'd smell Benny Hanna. He'd drop his wallet, and you'd see all his cash. He'd throw it on the table, and, and then he'd go do his do his appearances. I mean, just some random stories about him. Just go, you know, we had the opportunity to go out with him, you know, party with Rodman. He would drink kamikazes by the dozen and just pound them. He'd order them by the dozen. He'd stack them up. He'd crush them. He'd be out until 3 a.m., and then he'd make practice. So we used to do the show live at, dinner, at, at Michael Jordan's restaurant. And this is in May during sweeps, right, where you try to save your best best shows and craziest i saw jenny mccarthy was at the bulls game that afternoon right they were playing they were playing the heat in the playoffs and i saw jenny go jenny why don't you come by michael jordan's restaurant tonight you know we'll do the show okay all right you know that's what she was doing that nbc yeah. sitcom that yeah. she had so what happened was the nba playoffs got pushed a little bit late that day so our show didn't start till 11 mm -hmm. that meant rodman could drink more okay <laughs> so he shows up he shows up at michael jordan's restaurant in a chicago police officer uniform with his hands handcuffed to himself now the other funny thing is jay leno was in town doing his shows live in chicago at the state theater the whole week so we had him on the show that night too so rodman did the whole show with his hands handcuffed to himself so as they were about to start the show <laughs> the florida and this is a live audience at michael jordan's restaurant if this story gets boring tell me but he, uh, they start doing the countdown Five. Okay, guys, you're on at five, four. Rodman turns, a, turns, and he goes, bro, I am so effing wasted. Except he used the word. That's what he said, right? And you're live. So then the show starts. He starts talking trash about Pat Riley, doing this and that. We had Jenny McCarthy on there. He was doing some inappropriate things. But at the end of the show, we brought Jay Leno out because it was his birthday. So we took this big sheet cake we got for him, and, and Leno stuck his face in it and goes, ah like that right and then rodman did the same thing so rodman sticks his face in the cake does this and then falls back all of a sudden you hear all these glasses shatter he broke we broke like 20 wine glasses at michael oh, jordan's wow. restaurant needless to say the next week we were doing the show at planet hollywood <laughs> no more yeah jordan's had a typical yeah. tuesday well, night Dennis crazy. Rodman's yeah. night. just right? last week while we're doing yeah. our conference ricky is here Ricky says, hey, my cousin was at a nightclub this last weekend. Look who, she, who, look who was at the nightclub. I said, who? Shows me a picture. Rodman getting hammered. Just last week yeah. at oh, a really? nightclub. Rodman's so, the best. Form, right? Rodman's, can I tell you one Rodman yeah. story? And I got a picture to back it up. So my son, who was six years old at the time, was obsessed with the Bulls because he knew I worked there and he just loved everything about Michael. We played that song, Adam, right, that, yeah. for the Bulls intro. So my son got down the perfect Ray Clay impersonation at six years old. And now the starting lineup for your Chicago Bulls, right? So he did that, you know, with that song in the background so we were staying at a hotel in newport and, and my son goes hey dad do you think we'll see any celebrities i go who knows who knows dash uh you know kobe lives here you never know who we're running here robin's around here i'm checking in 
My wife was around the corner. She goes, you never believe who's here. Rodman. So he walked through. Rodman was staying because Rodman lived in Newport. He, you'd always see him in, in Orange yeah, County. Yeah, I know exactly where he right? lived in Newport. Yep. Okay. So we, we were staying at the Island Hotel. I go, well, let's go see Rodman. Let's go see him. We check in. And it was 11 o'clock in the morning, maybe 1130. And we go back by the pool. And in this back room, he's sitting at this private table with four Cougars, for lack of a better word, just loving everything that he was saying. These laughing at everything he said. I go back there, and he was probably a little tipsy. I go, Dennis, hey, hey, want to say hi? My son's it's his dash. Hey, man, likes Laker hat. Um, so we go, hey, Dennis, remember Chicago back in the day? I think he kind of remembered or whatever. So all of a sudden, I go, hey, Dennis, my son can do the uh, the Bulls of imp- a impersonation of Ray Clay doing it. He goes, play it. I had the song on my phone, so we do it. And then my son does the whole thing, and then he goes, at forward from Southeast Oklahoma State, you. <laughs> he points at Robin. <laughs> but Robin loved the whole You, buddy. Thing. Yeah. So, that's but cool. show the picture. Kai, do you have that? So that, that's Rodman at 11 o'clock on, on a, on a like, You see a Wednesday bunch of morning. nice milk yeah. and coffee on the table. <laughs> right, that's good. Exactly. What's dead, in his hand, though? What's in his hand? <laughs> <around> <laughs> <the> dead soldiers. <laughs> that's your son right there. Yeah, cool. Lovely that family. Kids, that's cool, way. man. Anyway, Robin's the coolest. That's the good thing about these things, man. When, you, when, you, when you're in the sports world, you got a lot of great stories with that. But, you know, as we're going to wrap up here, I'm trying to see what story to pick. I got a few of them. CDC. Let's talk about CDC here. I don't know if you guys saw the reports or not. Okay. Adam. I'm going to go to you first. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So reports came out. I don't know if you guys are listening to this, if you heard about the CDC reports, okay? Kai, if you want to pull it up so we can see one of the articles as well. Uh, COVID cases decreased from CDC. On their site, by the way, on their site, uh, on their site, uh, uh, I'm sure you'll figure out which one it is yet. This pace, it may take us a couple weeks when Kai's on it, but uh, we will get it, okay? 94% of all the deaths from COVID-19, other conditions are listed in addition to COVID-19. These causes may include chronic conditions like diabetes or hypertension, Anderson said in a statement provided to CNN by CDC. In 6% of the death certificate that lists COVID-19, only one cause or condition is listed, okay? The underlying case, cause of death is a condition that began the chain of events that ultimately led to the person's death. 92% of all the deaths mentioned COVID-19. COVID-19 listed as the underlying cause of death on six case, six percent of those, which means what? Out of everybody that died, only six percent COVID was the main and only case. Ninety-four percent there was other causes. So when they said COVID has killed this many people have died because of COVID, mm. it's not the main cause. No. It's what they had when they died due to other yeah. reasons as well. Thoughts. Pat, we should be outraged at Amer- as Americans. I don't know why we're not. This. I mean, this, there, we should be revolting about this. This is disgusting. It's it's destroying the country, the stuff that we're believing in. I take the Kirk Cousins approach 6%. for the Minnesota Crazy. Vikings. I respect it. Yeah. I'm not living in fear in it. I'll give you two quick stories. Uh, a business partner, a good friend of mine, is a very renowned plastic surgeon. Uh, he told me. This is the meetings they have yeah. that when they do autopsies, they test for COVID. Okay. If you test positive, no matter if you died of a gunshot wound, a car accident, or cancer, you will be listed that you died of COVID. Fact. Number two, have a very good friend in California that her and some other people went to go get tested just to see, right? They went to the VA to do it because they could do it there. The free, It was free, et cetera. So the line was so long. They filled out their paperwork when they got there, but the yeah. line was so long, they bailed. A week later, they get a positive COVID test Result in the mail, 
even though they didn't take the test. So none of this stuff uh, surprises me. I, I think we should be way, way, way more outraged at these stories than we are. Well, I tell you what, we had a couple of our guys that got tested in California, okay? And the wife came out positive, the husband came out negative, and the wife's like, I promise you, I, have, I don't have anything. So she flies to Florida. When she flies to Florida, she gets tested that same morning when she flies to Florida. Guess what the results come out, come out in Florida? Within 12 hours, the results are negative. And then you heard the 75 NFL players yes, false that were positives. falsely tested, mm -hmm. positive, you know, and nobody talked about right. it. Just all of a sudden was like, uh, sure. let's not bring it up. It was how many Pittsburgh Steelers? Well, like was 19 or something. 19 yeah. Steelers tested positive. And, you know, the media wanted to just run with that. Let's yeah. shut down the NFL yeah. because of this, yeah. even though it wasn't true. I mean, it's terrible. Yeah. And then you got the whole story coming back. The Rock just announced that himself. Yes. His entire family, they had COVID and they recovered from it. I'd but like to, you, I'd, you, you said the Kirk Cousins comment very quickly. Can you say it slowly so everybody can catch what he said? So yesterday or – you know, earlier this week, whenever you're listening to this, Kirk Cousins. Well, actually, he did it on a podcast. The quarterback for the yeah, Minnesota yeah, Vikings. Right. He did it on a podcast with, with Kyle Brandt of the NFL Network, a, a popular podcast that he has. And when COVID came up, you know, he's uh, Kirk's a very Christian, uh, very faith-driven individual. And, and he said, hey, I don't live in fear of this. I would prefer not. I res I'll respect the fact that I have to wear it. But, hey, if I die, I die. Right? Meaning, like, he's going to live his life how he has to. He's not going to be you know, um, flaunting it and try to get it or anything. But he's got enough faith where he thinks, you know, maybe this, according to the data that I have access to, this isn't as bad. So and he I probably, said, if I, I'm die, helping, I die, I die. Right. So he got ripped for that. So then they had to move his media appearance up one day so he could so he could kind of like uh, fix that statement a little bit. He didn't backpedal from it too much. But, you know, what's why can't you just say, hey, I do respect it. It's out there. It's real. But I'm not afraid of it, you know. And at some point we have to loosen some of the restrictions that we're all living under and if data from the cdc comes out like this shouldn't that change some of the yeah. shouldn't that lift some of these things that we've had to live under for a long time yeah, i'm just going to take it back to the conversation we had literally uh, less than a week ago yeah and with matt ricky we were sitting back there you know i don't want to use names the cigar or conversation not or the cigar when we're sitting back here yeah in the uh, you and ricky were going at it it was more ricky was just asking me a million different questions yeah but both of them had COVID. very entertaining yeah, great guy, great guy, wild man, uh, hates capitalism. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> complete socialist, um, loves capitalism. Um, but they both had COVID. Both of them And I, did, and I yeah. asked Matt, I mean, not to put their shit out there, but and I was like, so is it real? Like, tell me. He's like, dude, they, they kicked the shit out of me. But, you know, a handful of days, days later, yeah, I, I was back up to speed. You know, we obviously have our friend Paul E. who's getting another shout out here. He was out of commission for... A few weeks, kick the shit out of him. But Ricky said something that was pretty profound. He goes, yeah, I had it too, man. This is no joke. But you know what I, you know what I discovered from this? And he basically kind of tempted me to this. It's take care of yourself, bro. Like lose weight. If you're 350 pounds, you better lose some weight. If you've got diabetes, you got to do something about that. If you've got, you know, all these underlying yeah. conditions, those are the people that this is truly affecting. If you're just a sloppy person, not living your best life, not being healthy, get it together because COVID can come around and kick the shit out of you. But if for the most part, if you're living a healthy lifestyle, you're taking care of your um, health, health is wealth, you'll get the shit kicked out of you with COVID for you know a handful of days for a week, you could bounce back. I think that's the bottom line. Is it not? It is, but, but this the whole topic here was 
that 94% of the reasons people died, the number one reason wasn't COVID. They happened to have COVID. Underlying conditions. Underlying conditions. Which means the data to be, oh my gosh. For example, my dad is uh, uh, 78 years old. A couple years ago, he was hospitalized for two weeks, okay? Because he had heart issues and he had pneumonia at the same time. Yes. When he went to the hospital, the doctors were like ready. This something could go down and this could be so I went everybody went to visit this guy. Seventy six year old should not be having pneumonia. It's not something that if a seventy you know what it is when you I I don't know if you had pneumonia or not. I've had it before. I don't know if you had bronchitis before. It kicks your ass if you had any of those two, right? Hmm. So what happens? You gotta take the right probiotics, you gotta take the right vitamins, you gotta to figure out a way to stay strong. But this data is manipulative this is putting fear into the american people as a form of a tactic to get people to be scared and it got people to agree to shut down and stay home jobs were lost tens of millions of jobs were lost because people thought they were going to die from covid yeah and they're not saying hey we made a mistake we had some false reporting here this is a strategy right i mean these decisions were made to report it this way let me just ask a question this is more in general yeah this is obviously CDC here in America. CDC is here in America. Okay, cool. Got that. What's the rest of the world saying about this? Because it's not like COVID's different in you know Europe than it is in America. It's the rest a different of the world strand. doesn't care about CDC. The CDC is U.S. Right. Correct. Yeah. But what do they say? Their economies are in shambles. They yeah. they've shut down. I mean, China's Australia, moved on. Do you know why China's moved on? Yeah. Well, do you know why China's moved on? Tell me what. Actually, think about why China's moved on. Actually, think about why China's moved they on. Released they released the... Uh, they said 100 days COVID-free China, and CNBC keeps putting it on their Instagram post. Why do you think China is 100, 100 days uh, COVID-free? Why? Because they're not reporting the truth. Because there is no free press. Yeah. You don't have the freedom to press. Right. Well, what do you mean it's 100 days? How do you know it's 100 days free? You, you don't have an NBC, CNN, Fox, BBC yeah. there? No. So, yeah, you believing the stats? So... When I see CNBC, I'm not talking about China. Yeah, but I'm what talking I'm about saying, every other country. CNBC is a credible channel. I mean, this is CNBC, NBC. When they say China's now officially 100 days COVID free, how the hell yeah. do you know? And you're you're essentially yeah. saying you trust the data. Right. How do you know? No, and Adam, I think you know, the point free, is, you know, maybe a thousand people did die, but not 90,000. Yeah. And, and if if that's what they're saying, yeah. that is a real problem. No one's saying COVID doesn't exist or it's not dangerous or you shouldn't take some sort of precautions, but. 94% of them actually didn't die of the disease. And that's, that's like unfathomable. You know, something, here's the other part. I mean, we can, we can go past the CDC. This last one I want to bring up because uh, my friend uh, uh, Jose sent me this. He says, hey, Pat, you may want to talk about this. This is what's going on in California right now. I said, okay, let me look it up. Uh, at first when he sent me the post, I'm like, there's no way I believe this thing here. Then I went deeper. I said, wait a minute, this actually happened. So I don't know if you heard about the California Senate Bill 145. You and I briefly talked yes, about we it, talked right? About it a little bit. So, Kai, if you want to pull this up, by the way, when I tell you this, at first, you are not going to believe it. I didn't this. understand it. I, I, I'm still, I mean, I, I can't wrap my head around yeah, it. Yeah, so this is a, a bill in California state, Senate, that was passed, would leave the decision of whether individuals convicted of particular sex crimes involving minors must be registered as sex offenders to the discretion of the court, meaning. Uh, uh, The bill would not shield anyone from the requirement to register as a sex offender. Rather, it would leave the decision in eligible cases to the discretion of the presiding judge. It would allow a sex offender who lures a minor with the intent to commit a felony sex act 
the ability to escape registering as a sex offender as long as the offender is within 10 years of the age of the minor. So if a 21-year-old, if a 21-year-old gets together with a 12-year-old girl, that's not a sex offender. It's freaking ridiculous. If a 20, 21 and 12, ridiculous. as long as it's 10 years, okay, this is California. And by the way, this is all out there. So a big part of it is on protecting the LGBTQ community. They're using that as a method of protecting them. I've never heard of a bill before, and the senators, the state senator Scott Weiner. From San Francisco, yeah, Scott Wiener, Democrat, obviously. Assemblyman Susan Tom, Eggman, defend your people here. Stockton. You're in, you're, you're do, do, in California. What's going on? Do you with guys your care people? if I just make one quick sure. phone call? U-Haul? Yeah, I'll take two 26 footers. <laughs> yeah, they'll be going east. Yeah, next Thursday. Okay, hang on. What oh. the hell's going on here, Tom? Hey, I can't defend these guys. Don't make me speak for them. It's unbelievable. But did you know this? Or no, no like, I didn't know it until you mentioned it. It's Senate unbelievable. Bill 145, and, California. And you know passing. what? And you know, with all the other stuff going on in the world, something like this can sneak under the radar, right? How what other? Though? What How other is anybody bills voting for are this? out there? Okay, oh. I, I can understand. I don't want the you know the, the the police to come and get me. I can understand if you're talking about a 27 year old and a 17 year old. Cool, they're doing some weird stuff. You know, LGBT. You're talking about a 22 year old and a 12 year old. You're talking about a 19 or a nine year old. What the fuck are we talking about here? That's what. What are we talking, talking about. about here? That's what they're talking. It's ridiculous. About. 19 it's ridiculous. and a nine year old. If it's less than 10 years. You're not a sex. What offender. are we talking about here? Yeah. This is ridiculous. How is someone passing this? That's California. I, I don't understand it. So you asked the question. Yeah. Listen, I have friends who are Armenian who are having their mom, their dad. Glendale is Armenian County. Glendale is the second Armenia of the world. I mean, sure. everybody in Glendale is mm -hmm. Armenian. You know this. You of go to course. Glendale. Everyone's Armenian. If you live in Glendale for too long, you will look Armenian. That's how <laughs> Armenian Glendale is, right? Matter of fact, I'm not Armenian. Yeah, exactly. I'm white. <laughs> <laughs> But Armenians in Glendale who will not leave their parents, who will not leave their families, who will not leave their 22 cousins that they have living in California, they're flat out telling me, I can't do this anymore, and everyone's losing it. What the hell is going on over here? This is some strange things right here, man, when this happens. This is freaky deaky yeah. like insane stuff here here's the uh, scary know, thing is, that you so yeah. out of the box how about the fact by, by the way if anybody's watching this have any one of you guys been following the story senate bill 143 145 if you have been comment below on how you feel about it go ahead no Tom. i was just gonna say even introducing a bill like this should get you knocked out or or, or voted out or something but then to actually get it across and get it passed it, it's and ironically it's sponsored by senator scott Wiener. Yeah. And Susan. When your entire life you've been called a wiener, you know, you're, you're mentally, you have issues. But there wasn't there another wiener guy Anthony in New York? Wiener. Anthony Wiener. Anthony Wiener. got in trouble for showing his wiener. last names of wieners, man. You got you to gotta just uh, keep it together. Keep it to yourself. By the way, I saw this interview last week with your buddy. This is a guy that uh, Adam loves. Who, who, uh, he who, just loves him. Who was the guy's name? Brian. Uh, uh, Brian Stelter. Stelter. Okay, I do you, not love can, him. We all you, know that the, the guy the, on CNN I like We have to finish Fareed with some Zakaria. form of entertainment. So watch what happens here. So they're Humpty on C-SPAN. He's on C-SPAN. They get so, a call uh, in. Here's what happens. I just wanted to say thank a you caller calls in. for uh, having uh, the CNN anchor on. Listen. Uh, because over the last three and a half plus you know, months. He's we've thinking it's going good. Gotten to see you know the exposure of how the fourth estate has completely been uh, burned Safe. down. Uh, if you, Brian, do you believe in polls? I do believe in polls, yeah. 
Okay, very good. Well, the last poll that <laughs> listen, I saw listen. from a, a reliable source was that in 1970, let's talk about Walter Cronkite for a second, the United States believed that the media was giving them real factual information. A new poll just came out that said it's completely the opposite. So 80% believed in the media in 1970, and now 20% does. So 80% doesn't. So when I look at that, I look at this as very unreliable sources. And you guys always talk about how many times Trump has lied. I've calculated that I think with your Chiron, with, you know, I don't know if there's any journalists left at CNN, but I know that, you know, if I were to estimate about 300 different, you know, distortions or misinformation that we get out of CNN, and you have to watch them in the airport, which is harsh. But if you added all that up to 46 months, it comes out to be 300,000-plus distortions of truth. So my thing is here is that you guys, this is how low you'll go, is that you went out and you made, you made lies and you, uh, you defamed a child. And then you had to settle out of court to pay this child for distorting information about this young individual. So I would say, you know, if anything that's happening at CNN and anybody who buys your book, it's really just one of those things that is dividing our nation. And I don't believe in dividing our nation. It hurts our great nation. And you got to hear so his response, by the way. That's CNN what I is really hear. the enemy it's of coming the truth. Up in a second. And that's my opinion. Thank you. Brian Stelter. I, I'm grateful for the call. And I know that you're not the old person that feels this way. There has been a process of radicalization that's happened in this country with media bashing that media is bashing. absolutely unprecedented. You know, 20, 30 years ago, conservatives talked about media bias, and there were some really valid points to that critique. Uh, it is absolutely true that lots of journalists are based in New York and Washington. They're based in big cities. They have liberal leanings. And ma mainstream newsrooms are, are built to make sure that that bias doesn't seep into the news coverage. And yet, sometimes it does. I, I absolutely acknowledge that. Here from Donald Hickory, okay. North Carolina. Pause that. Good Pause morning. That. Pause that. Okay, go ahead. You know, here, here's the problem with him and, and his other people. They, they live in, you talk about the NBA bubble. These guys, these, these people at CNN and media outlets like that, they live in their own bubble. They don't allow any other differing opinion. So they're surrounded all day in their assignment meetings and, and throughout the day by only people that believe one particular thing. And, and then they buy into it, and they figure out how to sell it. I bet he got in trouble when he got back to CNN for not interrupting the caller sooner or, shot, or shooting him down or calling him a quack or something. I'm surprised he actually took there and listened to it that long. Adam. Yeah, I, the most shocking part of that interview is I Googled how old Brian Stelter is. You know how old that guy is? 47. He's 35 years old. Dude, I don't he's not aging gracefully. He is not a He is not 35. 35 years old. That is not a good-looking gentleman at <laughs> wow. age 35. Jesus, can you imagine what he looks like at 45? Um that's the most disappointing part of this entire interview. Hit age, Kai. 35 years old. There it is from Damascus, Maryland. Unbelievable. Jesus Christ. Talk about what the what the media will do to you. Yeah, I mean, I think look, the same thing that can be said about CNN can be said about Fox News, the same thing that can be said about MSNBC can be, can be said about Breitbart. This is the problem with the media. We talked about 1970, 80% of the people believed it was coming out of the media. Walter Cronkite, respect, 20% uh, these days. That's a very, very sad number. Uh, media bias is real. Uh, he, what I will give him credit for is, like what Tom said, owning up to it. He's like, yeah, you know, yep. 
it's something it's a problem and we we got to get better at it so at least we're having the conversation right be, i mean it's it'd it's, be a fascinating topic to go deep into and say when did it change right because the media has always you know had their issues and i worked in the media i worked in newsrooms for 15 years i didn't i didn't you know you don't check in you were there. there in the mid 90s yeah, i mean they, you they, were, you're you're part of the problem tom right they, you're nbc <laughs> You liberal I, I, elite. I was at the TV station that brought Jerry Springer in to do the, the a nightly impressive. commentary. Very during, impressive. But you know something. Something what has happened? happened. What changed since the '90s? Since you and Rodman were taking kamikaze shots, something must have changed. China, I think China got a hold of our social media, and they're. You can always blame it on China. You'll, you'll have a safe 80, comfort zone here if you blame listen, it on China. Eighty percent trusted the media to twenty percent. That's Crazy. not. That, and by the way. What uh, Alan Lickman said, the American people, it, they said the number is just as low with the government. So the American people oh, yeah. don't trust the media or the government today. Who the hell do you trust? Who do you trust? Today? That's exactly That's it. the question. But the best part about this is yeah. hopefully if you don't trust the media and you don't trust the government, Hopefully, this will force you to go do your own due diligence and listen yeah. to both sides. Hopefully. Right. That, right. Hopefully. That is, that is a call to action to everyone out there. Yeah. If you're right-leaning and you're all about Trump, go, go listen to some liberal-leaning information. If you're a leftist socialist, go listen to the other side. Form your own opinion. It's very easy to get caught up in a vacuum, yep. live in your bubble, and form your own opinion. I agree. And be dug in, and that's yeah. my opinion, yeah. and I ain't changing it. Yeah, but Pat, uh, wisen up. You just mentioned the two uh, entities we distrust the most, the mm -hmm. media and the pol uh, pol politicians. Yeah. So what are we going to do on Election Day? We're never going to find out who wins this thing because we <laughs> won't believe who's telling us. We won't believe who was involved in the election. Well, we're we're going to be in this We're probably going to do the podcast war. live during the Election Day to go through the whole thing. And that may be a long time. It may be like a six-hour podcast that they like a – you know, uh, uh, oh, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be a long like a filibuster, and it'll uh, never uh, get uh, boring. Are there gonna be bathroom breaks? I don't know if I can make not it six for you. hours. I don't know, not for I you. I gotta wear diapers, I gotta wear you pampers. Gotta wear diapers. Me and Nancy Pelosi, by the way, last one, pampers. put this video. By the way, this next video we're gonna show you, it's not true, but we gotta give credit to whoever did this. Speaking this just, of bringing your diapers, by the way, this is not, uh, uh this is <laughs> not go back live okay. this morning from New York. Hey, good morning. Wake up. <laughs> wake up, wake up. It's not real, but it's hilarious. Okay. Can, can, can we actually wake up Can we actually play the real video though? Okay. Um Can we can we play the real video? Play the real video. Do you know who the real video was with? Much who? respect for Harry Belafonte. So Harry Belafonte fell asleep. Deo. Harry Belafonte. That fell was asleep. who it was. Watch Harry that Belafonte is. asleep. That's who it was. So, you know, again, you got to do your own asleep. research, everybody. Well, listen, I said it's not real, but it's still yeah. hilarious. Second one, Kai. They Hello, like coming. Live we this morning go. from New York. Hey, good morning, Harry. Harry, wake up. <laughs> <laughs> Harry looks cooler, though, Harry? doesn't he? Yeah. And he? He looks and like he's dead, yeah, bro. Wake up, wake and, up. And he snores in tune. Okay. <laughs> this is your wake up call, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, so, you know, if I if I was that, if I was going, he's, yeah, he's he looked dead. He didn't look like he was sleeping. Well, he didn't. You know, by the way, he wrote a book that uh, I don't know if you read his book uh, about his story. There's actually he's there. It's a true to story. Talk. Yeah, yeah, it's a true story. Harry Belafonte. He's got actually, respect to Harry yeah, Belafonte. He's got a very good story. He's had yeah. he's had a very good story. Very good life. So. Okay. All good. I think it's fair to say that we come to the end of our podcast. We had a record high today. I think we cracked 1980. Nice. If you enjoyed today's podcast, put a thumbs up and press that subscribe button and the alert so you get alerted every time these things come out. 
And uh, again, it's good to have Tom on as a first time with us. A lot of you guys were asking us, what's Tom's name? I'm going to put it down here. Tom Zenner with two N's. Tom <laughs> Zenner, if you want to look with him up. Tom Zenner, you can look him up. We will do the podcast again. Kyle, we schedule for next Tuesday as of right now. What's the time that we have it scheduled for? I believe we are scheduled for next Tuesday if we uh, 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 if we – it's next Tuesday, same time. Stay tuned for it again. We'll do it next Tuesday, same time, 8 o'clock. Have a great weekend. We'll do this again next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.